Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. They're an arrogant, ingrown, close-knit brotherhood like the Mafia. They're the product of a sick society. To hell with tomorrow. Their bag is today. Their bag is right now. Right now. Right now. Welcome to Ben and Woods. Oh, the hair on my neck just <laughs> straight up. With Ben Higgins. Thank God all these bottles I popped. All this paper I've been getting. All these models I popped. Stephen Woods. It's my job to pull that demon out of Ben Higgins. And I will do it. And Paul Rindo. Oh my God. <laughs> it's Ben and Woods. Oh, I do. We see the road. On 97.3 The Fan. Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. Let's get our heads right as best we can on this. Uh, well, it should be a wet and wild Thursday morning here in San Diego. Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. Appreciate you being here on the radio, on your smart speaker, on your app, uh, on YouTube. You can find us there as well. Just search Ben and Woods, and you can uh, watch us every single day. See what, you know, see what latest fashions we're wearing uh, you know, we're always on the cutting edge of fashion in here. That's a great shirt. Who you're wearing? Oh, this is true classic, Paulie. It's a true classic uh, T-shirt. I've got several of these in the same color, and uh, you can never go wrong with just a simple black tee. Ben has got an ABC Ten News hoodie, uh, which <laughs> you very, see all the stars on the red carpet wearing these. Very and uh, khaki shorts, which I haven't seen in uh, a while, and the thighs are. I wore exposed. these at spring training, and you commented on the. Uh, the thigh, the the whiteness. They're very, they're very the, short. They are. Look at those legs, though. Those gams. Uh, did you guys know? You know, you've heard that word gams before, right? You've heard the word gams, Polly. Uh, yes. Like, oh man, I always thought. I'm not kidding. Maybe till about a month ago that gams meant boobs. To maybe a month ago, <laughs> there was a picture of somebody, and she was. Uh, it was a short skirt and like it was like a modeling pose and somebody's like, "Man, look at those gams!" And I looked and I'm like, "I don't see any gams." You thought we went to explicit to see the gams? Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, it was honestly about a month ago. I thought gams met boobs. And I looked at this picture and I go, I don't see any gams. What is he Ooh, seeing is- that I'm not seeing? And then I uh, Googled it and it means legs. And I just learned that at 48 years old. I have always thought gams were breasts. And now I know that they're legs. I also know that you have wonderful gams, phenomenal gams. Mine, not so much. Mine, not so much at all. But yours look great. My gam game. Gam game strong. Strong. Very much so. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle. He's the executive producer of this program. Good morning, Paulie. Good morning. Benjamin Higgins is your friendly uh, neighborhood sports anchor, and he is not afraid to show his gams (laughs) at all. Diesel says, you're thinking cans, Woods. That's okay, a, yeah, that's a one. euphemism there for sure that sounds similar to gams yeah. but is different. I just wanted to, first of all, say happy anniversary to you. Thank you very much. It's a special day for me. I, I, will, I will always celebrate this day. Not your wedding anniversary. Uh, no, my wedding anniversary is in September. My big anniversary with Hannah is coming up on Sunday, though. That's the day we met. Uh, and then Bo's birthday's on Tuesday. It's always this weird... One, two, three, good things happen in three punch for me around this time of year. You'll see some long, sappy Instagram posts and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, today, 14 years ago today, we cracked. I cracked the mic for the first time in this town. I had no idea what I was doing. Still don't know really what I'm doing. Um, but I'll always celebrate it because it's such an important milestone in my life because it gave me a uh, – it gave me really a purpose, like a purpose – uh, uh, something that I wanted to cling to and hold on to, um, and that's what I've done for 14 years. I mean, like sometimes, sometimes like Rose in Titanic on the door, just hanging on to it. And boy, it's sinking around me, but I'm not letting go of this door. So that's how I've been for. This doesn't bode well if things go poorly for us, and I'm sitting in the ocean, and oh, you're on yeah. the door. You're not letting I'm me not up letting, on the door, no, even though I, there's plenty no, of room. No, 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 on no. the door for both of us. I'm not letting it go uh, at all. But uh, no, I just it's just a special day. It means a lot to me. Um, if you're able to find something that you love to do. And you get to do something that you love to do. Hang on to it. Hang on to it like grim death, <laughs> you know, because it it honestly, I was such a train wreck and and not that I'm not still, but boy, had you guys seen me 15 years ago, you would have been like, this guy's not going to make it. He's not going to, he's not going to see 40. And uh, it really has given me a reason to get out of bed. And the funny thing is, and I, I put it on Instagram last night. I still get the hugest rush uh, when I crack the mic. Every morning. Now it fades by about eight thirty nine, but uh, after. But when we start, I'm still just as out of the shoot as fired up as I've ever been. About nine o'clock, I'm ready to kill everyone and walk out the door and uh, never come back. But man, at six o'clock, boom! I get so excited to uh, talk to San Diego. Also, you know, being in a city like this for the last fourteen years has not has not been awful at all. It's been the greatest. So I uh, remain. Very, very lucky and filled with gratitude to work with a couple of dudes like yourself. Uh, love you both very much. And, uh, you know, it's just been it's been such a fun We're ride. very glad to have you. It's so Made, you, made that here. decision, took the chance to come out here to a place that you didn't know, that didn't know you. That's very courageous of you to do that. Was, I don't think I've ever been more scared in my life than I was laying in that extended stay in Mission Valley the night before. I don't think I slept for 15 minutes. How long did minutes. you stay at that extended stay before I, you found a place? I was there about two weeks. Okay. It was gnarly. <laughs> uh, it was, I can imagine. It was rough, man. It was really, really rough. So I would just hang out at the radio station all day 
and, you know, try to meet my coworkers, none of whom wanted our show there at all. Not one. There was not What's other, that than, like? other than the boss. It's uh, it's been a constant theme actually <laughs> in my career, and that's the funny thing, Ben. You know, you might like now when we came here, nobody wanted us here except for Adam. But there was like, oh well, there's rep, there's a reputation, right? I didn't even have a reputation. I had nothing to do with the not being wanted. They couldn't stand us. The promo team. Hated us, hated us, actively sabotaged. I mean, it was like the craziest thing. I didn't know any of this. So I moved here just thinking, why oh, hit the lottery? I, I won the lottery. I get to move to San Diego and be on the radio. I walk in the door the first day and people are like, <laughs> it's about the music here, you stupid bastard. I'm like, I love music. Are you kidding? I love music. <laughs> You're a talk show. I'm sorry. I just I, they asked me if I could just come and do this, and I'm so happy to be here. I was a wide-eyed, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and I walked in. I was like, "Wow, this sucks." <laughs> Logged on to Twitter the first time. I was like, "This guy just told me to kill myself and hope he and told me he hopes I die in a drunk driving accident this weekend." I'm not ready for this. Literally, like the first 48 hours, sitting there reading <laughs> tweets, going, "What have I done? What did I do?" Made it. That's what I did. 14 years later, happy to be here. People can get mad when there are different voices coming out of the box oh, that yeah. they're used to, than the voices that they are used to. For sure. And man. when those voices change, people can get very angry. For sure. Oh, dude, it was it was so funny. In hindsight, it was funny. At the time, I was like, oh, man, I, I don't really know what to do, but... Um, hey man, listen, everybody, uh, everybody that's tuned in over the years, I really appreciate, appreciate you. And, and of course you guys as well. So yeah, fun day for me always. It's nice to look back. Uh, speaking of our great community here in San Diego, uh, unfortunately we are going to experience another very wet day according to the forecasters. I yeah. believe at any moment now, uh, we're going to get some rain that's starting and it's not going to be stopping for quite some time. Morning commute. Afternoon commute, flooding possible, so be very careful out there today. Take your time, um, be patient with people, try your best to, you know, stay under the speed limit and such. It's so you, starting anytime between now and 7 o'clock, yeah. and then it's it's on after that. It's, it's on, yeah, it's I'm on I'm nervous, man. My folks are flying in from Texas today. Um, they've already had mechanical trouble on their plane from Tyler, Texas to DFW. <laughs> And I, last I heard my mom, we're on the plane, we think we can take off, and then you're going to land in Dallas, and the people in Dallas are going to look ahead and go, yeah, we can't land in San Diego, right? I mean, why even try? So we'll see if they get here today. Uh, a little nervous about them flying. And it's not necessarily the rain that's the problem. It's also going to be windy. windy. There's yeah. going to be high <laughs> winds and gusts, so that could affect Low visibility. Uh, flights, arrivals, yeah. departures, and stuff. I saw our friend Ryan Phillips is at the airport. Good morning to you, Ryan, on his way. Uh, to Indiana, you know he's a big uh, IU fan. So right, did he go there? He must have gone there. I thought he went to USC. I thought he did too, but he also is no, a huge like Indiana there. guy. I think so he maybe, maybe went to grad school. school. So anyone who is traveling today, bring your patience. All all day long, roads anywhere else. My that's pops, probably important. My pops is in a sling. He's got uh, damaged. He's got uh, uh, a torn or broken uh, ulna whatever it is, UCL, and I asked him, are you going to be ready for the playoff push after after the All-Star break? 
because he's in a sling right now. And uh, I don't think my kids are both like, oh, we can't wait to see Pops. He slings us around. I go, he's not going to be slinging anything. No, I mean, he's, he's like a Texas Rangers pitcher. They're, yeah, all, he's being they're all expecting to come back in about three or four months, exactly, hopefully healthy. The Jacob deGrom of grandfathers <laughs> right now. Or the Max or whatever. Max Scherzer, yeah, right. They're both, they're both on the same program. So here. I'm just nervous about them uh, getting in today. But hopefully uh, hopefully everything goes you know to plan. And uh, But again, like Ben said, please be careful out there. Take your time. Uh, I'm actually, I didn't tell you guys, I'm going to leave about 8 just to make sure I get home uh, safely today if that's cool. So, No buy-in here from my, my colleagues. We're staying. You're oh, staying. you guys? All right, yeah. I'll stay. That's fine. That's yeah. It's your anniversary. You don't want to leave early. That's true. Your, Got your, to your, your radio anniversary. Got to, I mean, what better day, though, to do it than your radio <laughs> anniversary? <laughs> it's great to be here. You got you everything already? Yeah, we're done. All right. Yeah. Well, we can so, take a break. Let's see what's... Oh, we can take a break. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. 6-12, and we'll set the menu of what's uh, <laughs> coming up on the show when we return. Uh, after the guest we had yesterday, I just can't wait to see what Polly has lined up for us on a Thursday here. Yeah. Very exciting. We'll get to all of that coming oh. up. Good morning, everybody. It is Ben and Woods Thursday. We're getting close to the end of the week here. Let's check traffic. Well, it's still maybe okay out there with Kelly, and then we'll be right back with more here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fam. question for both of you. Paulie's been talking about his car a little bit this morning. And yeah. I, I have a, a legit one if you want to sound off as well. How long do you let, how long do you go before you get gas? Like how deep on the oh. empty meter do you go before you feel like I've got to get to the gas station? Do you guys have the thing that lets you know how many? I have yeah, okay, the yeah. exact mileage. It's like the greatest down. invention of all time. But you whatever. trust it. Oh, yeah. You trust that that's yeah. accurate. Yeah. So when mine gets down, I'd say I'd say forty. I got I filled up this morning. I was I had forty five miles remaining, and I was like, you know what? With this weather coming, I could easily get to work and then go back home later. But I said, with this weather coming, and everything, I'm just going to juice up now. So I did. I had a little extra time. Mine, I usually let it. I, it's always below fifty, like fifty. Or okay. Below. So so mine will alert me with a ding when I get to around fifty, yeah. and then when it gets to around thirty, Mine's it'll like twenty seven. It'll give me another more serious reminder, like go now, get gas. <laughs> but I tend to put it off. I like to be efficient, and I'm going. If I fill up now, I'm just. I, I I like to spread as much time between my gas visits. Have you so, ever gotten it down to single digits? Oh yeah, La- last night yeah. on my way home, I, I like to I like to go to the most convenient one. Like if I'm getting off of the freeway, it's right there on the right. It's one of the cheaper ones. I go to the Valero there, Encinitas, yep. where you probably get off. Yep, got the app. Oh. It's really quick. 
Oh, the freeway. Get off the oh, freeway. Yeah, okay. That's a, that would be illegal. It's oh, you know, it's open twenty four seven. So when I'm coming, you know, getting off work late, I can just slide in. But I knew it was going to be close. I got slide there. I, I had two. He's just two I had miles. Two left on That's the car when I got them. there. That's pushing now. I believe. Dog. I believe most cars have a. Like beyond zero, there's yeah. a little Why don't even you more. Test it then next time. I Smart guy. I don't want to go. I don't want. I don't want. No one ever wants to run out of gas. I know car people will tell you though. You all, you don't really want to let it get below like a quarter of a tank for safety. Sure. In case there's an emergency, there's never a great idea to be running on empty. But I constantly just let myself do it. Let me tell you how my dumb mind works. This is how my dumb brain works. I'll try to fill up more because in my mind. It's cheaper, right? So if you get down to one mile, two miles, you're like, that's $100. If you got a half a tank and you go fill up, you're like, hey, it's only $50. Like, But I, you're doing it more. See, I, go, I, the other I, I, I feel like it's cheaper because I can go longer, longer? between yeah. fill-ups, even though I'm paying a few extra dollars to fill it up. It's like, I went an extra day before I had yeah, to fill it up. Yeah. That, in the long run, that's paying off for me. If that were the case for me, then I should just fill up every day. I'm like... Look at that, seven dollars. I'm good to go. I only spent seven dollars, but you do it every single day. Mike says two is crazy. Uh, Caitlin says I would have had a heart attack at two. It's just uh, that's too stressful for some people. Have you all ever gotten down to one uh, one digit one time? All right, question. Like eight miles. I was like, Have you guys? You guys have never run out of gas? No. Oh, I have. I did once. Not, not in this car. Previous guess, car did, did once, but it wasn't because I was pushing it in my last car. I didn't have there was no like sound or anything. Yeah. And the the little light was kind of in a spot where sometimes I couldn't see it because yeah. of the steering wheel blocked it and so I like just, just kind of was out of my mind and all of a sudden what's going on? I was like I'm out of gas. And I never even noticed I was low. It's a horrible feeling. I remember in college this dude had a truck and there was a you could flip a switch. Like it was a switch right next to his left knee. And it could go into the reserve gas tank. And I always thought that was cool. And I have never seen one since. I, do people have those? A switch. Still, it was a. Why like doesn't a, it just go automatically if you're out yeah, of gas? Yeah, exactly. It just exactly. To the but tank. you could literally be like, just go to the aux tank, <laughs> flip it to the auxiliary tank, and you'll have 15, 20 miles left in there. Huh. Which, like you said, most cars probably have that, but I'm not trying to test it. <laughs> I'm not trying to test it at all. I don't push my luck uh, anymore with that. 45 miles is about my limit. Uh, left. I did play a game with Bo. He had a, got a kick out of it. I had about 15 left. We were coming out of a soccer game. And I go, oh, no. And he goes, what? I go, dude, we only got 15 <laughs> miles left. And he you know, he's, he doesn't really know math. And something. He's like, is that bad? I'm like, bro, we're going to run out of gas in 15 miles. And he's like, can we make it? And I'm like, well, let's see. I mean, I knew where it was. And he's watching going, 14. Thirteen. Oh, it's twelve. Dad, it's twelve. You, yeah, you, like you call it a game. Other people would call it setting your child up for a life of anxiety. <laughs> oh, like he's not already set up for a life of anxiety. Look he's at his parents. Therapy. Look, look at his parents. And then my dad played this game with me where he made me think we were going to be stranded in the car. <laughs> It's not your fault, Bo. Bo, Bo, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> oh, that kid. I love it, man. Uh, all right, so it is a throwback Thursday. It is. And uh, if you follow us on social media channels, Polly has taken it to the uh, nth degree by also now throwing back our <laughs> graphics and our like our tease graphics, and they were so bad we when we started the show. We used to use these. Yes. These were real. This isn't like a ha-ha-ha. No. I mean, when you when you originally used those, Polly, was it because they were kind of 
It was because they were kind of quaint and old looking back then, right? Or is that just the best we could that do? That was the best we could, I, we had. I think that was what everyone was doing, at least at our station. <laughs> Polly was learning, you know. Polly was learning too, but he pulled the he pulled the show topics for the day. What was that? Five six years ago? It was just guests. It was we guests. Had so many guests every morning. That, Listen, that to was this. all you needed to tease. We had five six guests at a time. Listen to this lineup of Ben and Woods on the Mighty Ten Ninety. From 6 to 10 a.m. Rick the Goose Gosselin. Talking Rick, some uh, Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys football, football, like we did often with him. Lisa Horn. I have no idea who Zero. That is. No, no clue. She covered USC, I believe. Okay. okay. Bill Center. Okay. Talk some Padres baseball with Bill. Clay Hensley. Ah, we had a, pit, we had a player on. Former That's fantastic. Player. And then the capper of the day for the Ben and Woods show. Ar- Arsenio Hall. <laughs> we had one, two, three, four. Was he still five? hosting his late night talk show at that point? No, he, he, he was doing it. a stand. He was doing stand up at a casino. I think <laughs> we had here. We had they didn't five guests. Like coming to America too wasn't even no. really in the cards yet when this interview happened. I remember, and he did give us a if loving the Padres is wrong, I don't, don't want to be, be right. right. <laughs> and we lost our minds. We had five guests in a four hour show. Including Bill Center and Rick the Goose Gosselin. What in the world were we thinking? Arsenio Hall. Would you take any of those guests today? I'd still take Arsenio. I'd take Arsenio. Are you kidding me? All right. Maybe him. I'd, I'd take t- Clay I'd Hensley, take actually. Clay Hensley, too. Yeah. What's Clay been up to? Paulie, see, uh, see what Clay Hensley's yeah. up to and go ahead and see if you still have Arsenio's number. That'd be a good throwback Thursday That'd be hysterical you. to get the same guests on. Um, yeah. So those those graphics are... Hannah walked in this morning. She goes... What is with those graphics on the YouTube? I go, it's Throwback Thursday. We used to use those. Yeah. She goes, oh, my God. I recreated God. it almost <laughs> identically to now. It is so terrible. It is so terrible. I will say this, man. I don't miss those days at all. Not in the slightest. Just ripping ripping through interview after interview after interview every day. Horrible. So we'll have a uh, Throwback Thursday segment for you in our 7 o'clock hour from exactly two years ago today that Woods and Paul are looking very much forward to. I don't like to oversell things. But I just want to let everybody know right now. Not my favorite moment of all time. But Please be here at seven thirty. Be here. Well, at we will. Uh, we'll throw it back uh, at seven thirty-five. Seven o'clock hour. Of course, we'll play real or fake because it's Thursday. Chance to qualify. Last day uh, of January. Actually, it's the first day of February. Happy February! You made it. Woods. We made it, man. I didn't even realize yes. it. We still have a couple of days left to qualify <sighs> uh, for the January trip to Las Vegas, though, and you can do so without any musical knowledge today. Real or fake in the seven o'clock hour. Don't do this as well. Uh, we've got. Got some Aztecs tickets to give away in the second half of the program. Rindle report uh, is well coming up. But when we uh, when we come back, I want to get into some Padres baseball here at the bottom of the hour. So uh, news broke during our show yesterday that Wandy Peralta signed in the bullpen. We talked about it. Because of that, though, not one not one place on my rundown today does it say is it time to hit the panic button. I, I looked. That Wandy Peralta. Paulie has really, peace. Paulie really has gave, removed all references yeah. to the panic button. The panic button. Yeah, it's, it's, it's done. Was Wandy Peralta really enough for We're you set. to retire the panic button? Got the best bullpen in baseball. Are you, you not still panicked about the outfield situation, <laughs> the lack of starting pitching depth? You're you're not panicked no, anymore. No, the bullpen like that. You don't need outfielders. Not oh. gonna, they're not going to hit the ball. I, there was something about that signing that did make me feel a little bit better about this upcoming season. 
Uh, there was also a lot of Tommy Fam talk yesterday, including some uh, a nugget from our afternoon, our midday host Annie Halbrun, that that I wanted to talk about as well. So AJ Preller is playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. If you only have six guys in your lineup, your best hitters are going to get more at bats. Yeah, Duh. you got to take auto outs those for those seven, eight, nine. At I least don't you know do how, in adult league. I don't if you know. Only I don't know usually what the rules do in major league baseball are if you only have six players. Yeah, our bottoms usually outs anyway. That's a good point. All right, we will come back. Manny uh, we'll just get seven at bats a game. Talk a little <laughs> bit about the Padres situation uh, as it stands on Feb one, the month that spring training gets underway. Baseball is finally here. You've made it. Congratulations. It's Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Like sentiment was uh, fairly positive yesterday after the Padres signing of Wandy Peralta to the bullpen. There were some detractors out there, but they're all yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I read some on the air yesterday. (laughs) There, 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 there always will be. Well, there's no guarantee that Wandy Peralta is going to be great, but to me, it seemed like a very reasonable deal for a guy who has uh, had fairly consistent success in the big leagues. Um, the the only thing that I look at is Potters now have about a quarter of the Yankees pitching staff from last season. Yeah, Michael King, Johnny Brito, uh, Wandy Randy Peralta, Vasquez, Randy Vasquez, Peralta yeah. all these guys who were in pinstripes last year. It's it's not as though the Yankees had a phenomenal season last year yeah. either, but I, I don't think anyone's necessarily blaming those guys or, or the pitching staff for, for some of their failures, but it wasn't a terrific season no, in New York. And I think there were I think some of the peripherals from last season for Wandy didn't look great. The the uh the stats that you can just kind of look at on the back of a baseball card looked okay. You know, I think sixty one Ks in sixty nine innings, uh gave up a lot of bombs, walked a lot of guys, not a recipe for success. But gave up very few hits. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, again, you, you know, you're talking about pitching in Yankee Stadium, and you're talking about pitching in Petco Park, and I think that is something that needs to be um, you need to count that certainly. Uh, I looked in a little bit more of it. So uh, batters hit 185 off his changeup last season, and he throws it to both sides of the plate to both both left and right handed batters, which is a, a pretty effective tool that you've got something that can get guys out from both sides of the plate. So I. I, I generally thought it was a positive sort of move. Um, I'm fine with it, too, but I, I mean, I asked you yesterday, do you feel like this was a superfluous move? And you said yes. It, it, it feels, again, it feels, again, like one of those moves I would have gotten super excited about had, you know, the, the offense and, and lineup been locked in. Um, you know, there's a, 
a million teams all still looking for that last starting pitcher, maybe two starting pitchers, whatever. Padres are not alone in that. Uh, but I mean, we just, all made the joke. Everybody made the joke when they saw it. It was such such low hanging fruit. Was, oh, can you play left field? Right, can like, you play left field. I think if if this move was if you had your left fielder, you had your DH, you had maybe your center fielder, whatever. And then two days before pitchers and catchers, you sign Wandy Peralta. You're like, bam, I love this move, right? Great addition. But right now, it just gets you a little bit on the edge of your seat going, all right, that's great. It's great. It scratched my itch for a move, but what else is being done? Yeah, it, it didn't solve some of the key issues, but it did tell you after a long period in which the Padres hadn't done anything and fans have become more and more worried. Are, are the purse strings completely locked down? Can they not do anything right. at all right yeah, now? Yeah, there was something. At least you know, okay, they can do they can do something. And if they can do something and sign another reliever, which is not their most pressing need, it kind of tells you that they have the ability to do some other things as well. If they were truly down to their last $4 million they could spend this season, I guarantee you they would have spent it on an outfield. 100%. So it can't possibly have been their last $4 million. AJ's going, I got $4 million left to spend. I got two holes on the outfield. What will I do with this $4 million? I know. Let's give it to Wandy Peralta, the very last money we have to spend this season, and we'll just go in without any outfielders except for Fernando Tatis Jr., I, I highly doubt that that was the thought process. So in that sense... AJ, that's your fifth relief pitcher of the yeah. offseason. Yeah. I said sign him! Sign him, yeah. I, 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 in that sense, I think that it kind of lessened some of the panic in Padres fandom, which is why I think Paulie didn't write it down on the rundown for once today uh, about not being pan- time to hit the panic button. One guy who was uh, pretty positive about the Padres, and I would not expect any less since he spent a, a week at fantasy camp just a couple of weeks ago with us, was Jake Peavy, uh, who appeared on MLB Network and discussed the Wandy Peralta acquisition yesterday and some general thoughts on the San Diego Padres heading into the 2024 season. This deal, I think Wandy Peralta's nasty case yes. knows this firsthand, but let's talk about this addition. De Los Santos was huge over there in, in Cleveland. We know what Peralta has done in the biggest stage in New York. He's now going to be in this bullpen with Matsui. We got Wu Suk Go from Korea. We'll see how that plays out. But you talk about that is done in the bullpen side of things. King and Vasquez. You got Suarez as the new closer. Suarez is going to be back to that 22 postseason form. You got Vasquez and Brito. Brito, 92 innings last year. Vasquez, huge arm, and hopefully he'll slot in that rotation. I love King, and I think he's going to be right alongside Joe Musgrove and you, yeah. Darvish, at the top of this rotation. The Padres have options, and if healthy, and these guys do what is expected. They can be in the mix and be sneaky. Casey, uh, they they had a they have a lot of innings to replace. They lo- they've lost a lot from they, 2023 to now 2024. Yes, they have. I mean, look have, at this. They have a lot of innings to replace. Obviously, Snell being the hugest up there at the top of what he did. Hey, Michael Walker. He had a good great, for them. He had a great year for them. He really did. Nick Martinez is on the road, is on the go. Seth Lugo too. Darvish coming back. Mus- uh, Musgrove, um, but that you know being able to see Michael King. Up close and personal, you can understand why they why they traded Juan Soto. You like him? I just I mean King's got great stuff. He's just just learning his craft, getting back in that starting rotation. He was lights out at the back end of the pen, but then became a starter. And I'll tell you what, his stuff 
is really incredible. Knows the game, student of the game. So I think you've got a top arm in, uh, in that rotation. There's no doubt about it. But with Vasquez and Brito, listen, when I, and I also, when I also go up to the Padres lineup, you still got Bogarts. You still got Tatis. Yeah. You still got Machado. Cronenworth had a down year. They still have some thunder in that lineup, too. Yeah, and Fernando Tatis, remember, he was not available for a good portion of the early part of the season. He fit in nicely to his new role out in right field. Uh, obviously, they're looking forward to a full season of Fernando Tatis Jr. He's electric. You go get in the ballpark in San Diego and watch this kid play. From the time he steps out of the dugout, he's different. And he has this electric feel. He's played great right field. The Padres are going to have to have huge seasons yeah. from the guys that, that, that are expected if they're going to compete in, in the National League West. Well, I, look, I'll tell you this. Yeah. Joe Musgrove is going to have a big year. Mm. I, I like that. I mean, King... Musgrove, Darvish, that potentially is a very nasty trio at the top of that rotation. All right, couple, get me excited A couple again. of minutes Woo. that are going to make you feel a little bit better as a Padres fan this morning from uh, Jake Peavy, uh, Roe Flo, and the MLB Network crew from yesterday. I, they call him Brito. Which I thought it was Brito. I thought it was Brito, but they I'll all call him Brito. Brito, so we're going to have to ask. Tomato. We'll get to spring training. It's tomato. <laughs> Johnny Brito. Johnny Br- Brito. It's not Brito, it's Brito. But... um. Yeah, and you know, you can lay out the argument. I I tend to feel the same way. If they get big years from Tatis and Machado and Bogarts, which again, just which there's be no, them. There's just no be reason. Them. That's yeah. not a stretch. Yeah, that's not, it's not that's a not stretch. Saying, that's not saying if we get big years from Hedges and Aswahe and Renfro, we're going to be good. Just asking those guys to be what they've always and, been. And you're asking the top three in the rotation to to be essentially what they've been for Michael King to be what. We saw it the the second half of last season for the Yankees, and to stay healthy, all you know, none of them guaranteed, but none of them you know over the moon. Like, hey, we need you to be something you're not. Right. Asks if those things happen, yeah, Padres should have a, a pretty good season, as those guys were saying, which is which is encouraging at this point. I was also just that little aside at the end that Jake said. I don't know if he knows something. But Joe Musgrove going to have a big season this year. I mean, look, they, those guys have the biggest <laughs> bromance of all uh, time. They I mean, are not, tight. They're tight. It doesn't surprise me a bit. I think the same thing. That's what I'm hoping for for Joe. I know Joe's got a lot to prove after last year. He's not. Joe Musgrove is is not. But a guy if Jake was, knew to lower expectations a little bit, yeah, no, no, I, I think Joe's going to be all right. He's going to bounce back. Yeah. The fact that he is all in on big season tells you that the off season, I would say, program for Joe. Probably going pretty well. At least what he's telling Jake is that he's feeling, I would think, really good if Jake's giving that kind of uh, prediction for Joe Musgrove for the upcoming season. Yeah, and and, uh, I, I, you know, again, I think everyone would feel a little bit better if you had, if you had a more uh, complete roster right now. I understand there's still time. I understand. You know, I saw somebody in the chat say, "No, it's time to panic." You got about twenty million dollars, and you got three or four holes still remaining. I think it can be done. Um, you know, again, one-year deals for for some guys. Come in, do your job, and we talked about it yesterday. The cavalry is allegedly coming. You know, with with the, some of the younger guys, they're going to need more seasoning, man. The Marcies and and Mortarellas and all those guys, they're going to need. Is that what you're banking on? If you do, just do a bunch of one-year of course, deals because otherwise we're going to be in the same boat, boat next, next offseason. Yeah, and it's not an uncommon boat, Paulie. It's a it's a boat that a lot of teams get into where they're like. Yeah, fine. Let's bring Adam Duvall in for a year. You know, let's. There's a lot of mercenaries. Restock. There's a lot of mercenaries in baseball that are happy to go town to town, taking eight to ten million dollars and playing out the season. I, I wouldn't want to do it, but there's Tommy Pham's one of them. Jock Peterson's another. Those guys, uh, they're like, where can I get the most bang for my buck? Where I do, where do I know I'm going to play? 
I mean, if you're if you're an outfielder on the free agent market right now, this has got to be one of the most attractive places ever. Number one, you're playing with superstars. Number two, you're going to play. You are guaranteed playing time. If you're Michael Taylor or if you are are uh, uh, Tommy Pham, you're in, man. If you, like, if you sign here, you're on baseball reference. Like, they already were talking about Aaron Hicks had to already put out another statement uh, after his initial statement in, in Anaheim came out and said, I'm going to be an everyday player here. And they're like, yeah, we have five outfielders. You don't necessarily know that yet. And he's like, no, no, I... What I meant to say was, I'm going to prepare like I'm an everyday player. I hope to become. <laughs> if you sign Tommy Pham today, if you sign Michael Taylor, you can confidently say, I'm your starting center fielder if you're Michael Taylor. And uh, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Tommy Pham a little bit more uh, in the Padres outfield situation and just kind of the talk that was floating around yesterday. We'll get to that right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. So... I wonder how much of a factor that is. I'd imagine, if you're a player, that knowing playing time is available is kind of huge because you can't prove yourself unless you're out on the field. And there have been many guys who, you know, are locked out of a a starting job. You know, they're a good outfielder, but there's three other good outfielders, and you never get consistent at bats. You don't feel like you're showing your best because you're coming in pinch hitting and not getting an opportunity. You may struggle a little bit as a starter, but if you've got that job and there's no one behind you, teams have to give you some extra rope, some extra leeway to go out there. Yeah, I know we struggled for three weeks, but we don't have any other options. So you get to hit your way out of your slumps. When you go to a team that doesn't have a, a huge amount of depth at a position, I would think that would make the Padres an attractive option for some of the outfielders who are remaining, especially for those guys, like you said, Woods, the mercenaries, the one-year deal guys who are looking to parlay it maybe into a bigger contract next year. They know, hey, I'll at least put up some counting stats because they don't have anyone else. I, if I'm healthy, I'll play 155 games. I may hit 220, but you know, 155, I should at least hit 25 homers, yep. and someone's going to pay for that next year. So I would think that makes the Padres a pretty attractive option, even though they have not signed anybody as to as of this moment. Yeah, I, I'm just, again, I've said it part of my own BS. I honestly just think that A.J. Preller is just waiting on the price to come down for some of these guys, and I, and I think it will. I think if Jerks and Profar for example, is asking for $8 million. I bet you you could get him at six if you wait another week. I bet you you could get him at five and a half if you wait two weeks. Do you want to do that? Do you want to run the risk of um, of letting another team go in and grab him? You did it last year, and it didn't work out for him. Um, you know, there are there are three or four names out there that would excite me a little bit to and, and, and you know, interesting. Michael Taylor, I think, would be fine here in center field. Um, I think he's a decent fit. I mean, even if you sign Profar or Fam. You still need a center fielder, yeah. essentially, yeah. unless you're moving Tatis over there. And which I don't, I don't you know, think is the plan. So I, I you need a center fielder. And a lot of people are saying, you know, give Sugar a look, give Sugar a look. I just, I just don't know that you can I, fourth outfield, fourth outfielder, fifth outfielder. Great. Is he a starting outfielder in the big leagues on a, a team that you're trying to, to make the playoffs? I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm so reluctant to give him just a shot, but I think it's probably because I've seen. Him a so, little. so is Tommy Pham the perfect option for the Padres? I wouldn't no. say perfect. Well, no. he's right-handed, first of all, and we've talked many times about <laughs> how they actually need more left-handed options. But given what's left out there, um, you know, there are some appealing qualities about Tommy Pham, and one of them to me is Tommy Pham feels like a guy who's always willing to bet on himself. Always. 
got that confidence that he, you know he can come in and he feels like he'll be the right guy for this job. If he if he steps in, he brings that swagger to the clubhouse immediately that just follows Tom. I'm proud Cameron. of myself. So right. He is. He's proud of himself. Uh, it doesn't mean he's going to – it's weird because you. that would mean a guy, hey, you think highly of yourself, you're not going to take a discount. You know, hey, I'm Tommy Pham. You're not, you're not getting me for less. But it also means he probably knows, hey, if I, if I, even if I sign for a million or two less, I'm going to make up for it because I'm going to have a great season here and I'll just sign a bigger contract next year. It feels like it's someone that might fit with the Padres' plans. And our Annie Halbrun uh, tweeted yesterday, uh, you know, who, who's covered both Tommy Pham and, and baseball for a long time, that uh, he and Mike Schilt, obviously they were together in St. Louis for a while, but they are tight. They are like, Tommy Pham is a big Mike Schilt guy. And could that be a deciding factor or a push? If, if Tommy Pham does have a couple of different options, does that make the Padres a, a better option for him because he has a good relationship with their manager? I would think that would be a yes as well. Well, I mean, you throw in, you throw in, hey, you're the starting left fielder. You damn near might be our leadoff hitter, you know, like if things go well, you're going to get a lot of playing time. You're going to get a chance to uh, make some good money in a beautiful city in which you are familiar with. Uh, look, I think the fan base, uh, from what I at least I saw on Twitter, yeah, I saw mostly yeses. I saw a few no's like, ah, oh, we don't need this guy in here. We don't need that energy again. I, I kind of disagree on the energy part. Um Somebody had brought up the incident with Hassan Kim. Remember when they collided into each other? And uh, they're like, don't, don't Kim and Tommy Pham hate each other? No, don't you remember Hassan Kim did that podcast in Korea? And he's like, oh, no, I love Tommy Pham. He always used to try to take me out. He always offered to take me out every night. He was, <laughs> he was a really good dude. It was a bad... It was a bad day for both of those cats. And then he took him out in the outfield. Yeah, then he took him in out Chicago in the outfield. There, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, think, I think Tommy's well-liked, and I know... And you want to think that Mike Schill could probably get the best out of him, you know, the absolute best out of him because that relationship is there. It seems like it seems like an easy fit for me. Well, if you're Tommy um, Pham, you played last year on a six million dollar contract. Yeah, played pretty well, and he did play pretty well. Played okay, made it to the World Series uh, after you were traded. I mean, you're asking the the minimums eight, right? If you're, Somewhere around there. Yeah, I mean, you're not look, taking less than six. Last year, last year he hit 16 bombs. He stole 22 bags as well. Uh, OBP of 328, slug 446, OPS of 774. It's not a world beater. His OPS yeah, plus I, is, I, I is mean, 11 I better. I don't know that's a huge raise. No. I mean, inflation, everything's gone up a little bit. So I see, I see your point there, Paul. But, you know, I don't think Tommy is expecting a four year deal. No, he's a year older, too. I mean, he knows that. I, if he'd come here on a one year deal between six, six and seven million dollars, I think you have to do that every he's about to be 36. Years old. Yeah, it's, yeah, he's he's definitely someone who's trying to squeeze the last contracts. Maybe a maybe a one year deal with a buyout for a second year. You know, like hey, you give him six plus a two million dollar buyout or a six million dollar team option for the next year. So it's eight guaranteed if you don't bring him back. But you, if you like him and you want him for another year, you can get him at six for both of the years. I'm negotiating the contract <laughs> on the air right here. I have no idea. What actually the Padres have available, or that Tommy Fan would be interested in, but somebody, there's my offer right there. It's two well, somebody, years. Somebody in the chat says, <laughs> "Get Profar. He is better and he's faster." Not if you look at the numbers. Jerkson Profar last year stole a bag, one. <laughs> 
Tommy stole 22. Jerk, uh, Tommy Pham was a 1.5 war player. Jerks and Profar was a negative 1.3 player. You have to be on base to steal some bags. And I mean, Jerkson had a horrible yeah, year OPS last year plus with the of, OPS plus of 80. Tommy Pham's was 111. Like, it's a, between those two, for me, it's a no-brainer. I get the switch hitting thing, and I get that Profar played pretty well here. Uh, and I know he's buddies with Tommy Pham should be at least three times more expensive than Jerks and Profar. I would, I, mean, I would imagine. That that's not a comparison right now. You know, if you can get Tommy Pham or Jerickson Profar, you choose Pham. I think so. You know, I'm not saying that Pro Profar might not have a spot on the team, but hey, if you're deciding between the two, it's not. There's no decision there's there. Really no you know, Pham's a better player, even if he doesn't switch it. All right, one hour in the books. Throwback Thursday coming up in our seven o'clock hour. Don't do this. And real or fake? Chance to qualify for a trip to Las Vegas. All coming up next on San Diego's number one sports station, ninety-seven three, The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. forgot last night I was going to text you and then I realized eh, it's 830. He's probably sound asleep. Dead asleep. <laughs> I was hoping you'd bring, in honor of the Seahawks hiring a new coach, I was hoping you'd bring some of your background vocals 
from Mike McDonald, the new coach of the Seattle Seahawks. I thought Seahawks. it was Ben McDonald. No, it's Mike, Mike McDonald. McDonald. Mike McDonald is the new coach of the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> Very nice. He just, Very nice. Hey, we'd actually, uh, Michael, we got a song we want you to sing on. We don't actually have lyrics. No problem. No problem. Uh, work. But as I motor, but anybody else He's watching her go. You're so much better at Michael McDonald than I am. But, uh, yeah, the uh, the Seahawks hired the Ravens' defensive coordinator. Don't get me started. I will not start. I can't, can't stop now. As their new head coach. I think that leaves the Commanders as the only team that still <laughs> Nobody wants that needs game. to hire a head coach. Well, literally, they were on their way to interview yes. Ben Johnson. That's who is the, the man I was thinking about. He's the coordinator for the Lions, the offensive coordinator. And, like, the entire Commanders, like, front office was flying to to Detroit to interview him and while they were on the plane he goes no nah, I, I don't want the job <laughs> which you know a lot of people said well now he's never going to get another interview you got all these guys That's on the BS. plane i mean you got to be honest at this point no and somebody said i, I, I yes, saw a tweet we, said Josh McDaniel signed a contract and then took a, another job like he's going to be yeah, fine he's it's would it have been better had he been able to notify them before they had gotten on the you know the plane sure. at RFK Airport to, to fly to Detroit, sure. But you want him to be honest. You, you know, you don't want him to sit there and then end at the end of the meeting and go, I never really had any intention of taking this job, but thanks I, for coming out. He, I would rather do the, a flight to nowhere than to do a 16-hour <laughs> interview. Because those interviews yeah, are not 45 long. minutes, man, yeah. uh, for a gig I didn't want. So he... He, where is he? He's going where? He's staying, He's staying. With, the, with the Lions the as Lions. the offensive coordinator right. for another season, right. which is a risk because there's no guarantee the Lions are going to look as good next year as they did this year. He may be This may be the the hottest in the job market that he's ever going to be for a head coaching position, but uh, he wasn't ready to take that leap yet. Uh, so I think, yeah, the commanders are, are still looking for a head coach, but every other position has been filled in this NFL offseason after the Seahawks replaced Pete Carroll with Mike McDonald as their new head coach yesterday. They went from the oldest head coach in the league to the youngest head coach in the league. I, you know, listen, we'll see how these things work out. I always feel, Benny, when it's these the hot new coordinator hire. Do you, do you ever feel like these guys get a fair shake? You know, like like a... Like a real, like, do you when you look at that guy, do you say, yeah, that's that guy's going to be a a, a a a fixture there for for years to come? I feel like he's got three years, like they all do. I feel like yeah, every one of those I mean, hot young coordinators, well, he'll be fine. He'll get another coordinator. I mean, job. for every Sean McVay who was a hot coordinator, yeah. and and now there's a Brandon Staley. There's a Brandon Staley. There's like four Brandon. There's Staley. like yeah, for every four one, to six. Yeah, for every one coordinator that makes the jump, there's always it seems like about four. Coordinators who can't make the jump. I was told Cliff Kingsbury was going to be the oh. next Bill Belichick. And I, I feel like I mean, there's so many. I feel like one of the problems the NFL has when it comes to their coaching hiring, and I, I'm not the first one to come up with this, but the job of being a coordinator and the job of being a head coach are very different jobs. I mean, they're not even really on the same track. Some head <laughs> coaches, same ballpark. Some head coaches will. You know, call their own plays and such, but a coordinator is basically solely focused on the the play by play strategies of what's going on. Uh, you know, how can this 
offensive play attack the defense, or how can this defensive play stop this offense we're facing? And they're Are just you planning coordinators. To yeah, me? they're constantly game planning. A head coach is really more like a a CEO of personnel. It's 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 organization. Head it's, coach is the guy that calls the plays a lot of the time. Sometimes, but usually the coordinator calls the plays. He holds the clipboard. No, the coordinator. Yeah, Benson. yeah, I know. You're, but but a head coach is less of a coach than any of the other actual coaches on a staff. There's um there's some motivational elements to it. There's some overriding philosophies and strategies they bring to the table. But most good head coaches delegate. The actual like individual coaching responsibilities to what they hope are they hire it's hiring good assistants, it's dealing with the media, it's things that coordinators never have to do generally. So when you're picking a coordinator to be a head coach, you actually have very little information as to whether they're going to be a good head coach or not. But then again, I mean, where would you go? Would you just go to college football head coaches all the time because at least they have head coaching experience? Um, you know you. That doesn't always work out. It doesn't either. always work out either. So you got to give if you if you believe in this guy and you believe in what he can do and he's going to you know control the offense uh, for the he's the offensive offensive coordinator. So yeah, he'll he'll put his offense in place and then they'll have a guy he'll hire a guy to run it for him. Um, but he's probably going to have the final say. But yeah, it's it's wild man. Thirty six years old, I think uh, he is, and and you go from Pete Carroll to that, it's going to be a bit of a shock to the it's system. The, uh, it's the Peter principle essentially. That uh, have you heard of the Peter Principle I don't in think business? I it's the tendency in most organizational hierarchies for every employee to rise through promotion until they reach a level of respective incompetence, because everybody wants to continue advancing in a job, and but eventually you're going to get to a job that you're not you're not as qualified or you're not as good at. You master something, they promote you to something else, and like, okay, I'm good at that. Then you get promoted to something else. Eventually you're going to hit a level, I'm not good at this. But they rarely, then you rarely go backwards. Oh, okay, let's put you back. Now, in NFL, it does happen. It does happen. You're not a good head coach. Dan Quinn. You go right back to being a coordinator, and that's fine. But in a lot of businesses, you don't. You just sit there in that job that you're no longer good at. You were good at all your other jobs. Now you're finally in a job that you're not that good at, but you just sit there then forever because they don't demote you in most organizations. So speaking that's the Peter of, principle. Speaking of Dan Quinn, I, I saw he was the maybe favorite to take over the commander's job. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, for that, if you're, the, if you're a commander's fan, you're like, all right, fine. He's done this before. Wasn't great at it. Was a good defensive coordinator, um, and you know they're going to run that out there again. But yeah, they're they're the Commanders are a bit like the Padres right now in that desperate times uh, call for desperate measures, and we'll see how desperate they get. Need a contestant for real or fake here on a Throwback Thursday? Uh, playing in just a couple of minutes, chance to qualify. One of the uh, last qualifiers for our trip to Las Vegas, our January trip, just a couple more days here in early February. You can get your name in, but you do have to call eight three three two eight eight zero ninety seven three. 833-288-0973. Uh, get online. We'll play our game in just a couple of minutes. Uh, by the way, in case you were wondering, the ratings are in. Nielsen reports record viewing for the NFL playoffs through the first three rounds. I'm shocked. Record numbers. I'm shocked. Taylor Swift effect. I mean, they always have record. Numbers. I mean, ev- no, they don't have. They don't have record numbers every year. They have the, high numbers the NFL. every year. Oh, record. But yeah. record yeah. numbers compared to their own numbers, which are always insanely high. Yeah. But these are actually the highest since they like started charting actual Nielsen numbers or wow. something in 1988. And I mean, everyone, everyone that are sports fans that I know, you 
I mean, do you ever miss the NFL? Have you ever missed the NFL playoffs? You know, I'm just not watching the NFL playoffs this no. year. No. So we all watch. Everyone I know watches. So who are the new viewers I that are we, watching? I think it's the, the Taylor Swift I effect. Th- I think we have an idea of who the non-football or the people who didn't used to watch the NFL playoffs who <laughs> happen to be tuning in this year to just give them that slight more bump up from their normal huge numbers to record numbers. Who can we get to help baseball? Who would be the the person? We need Tatis to date. Who? Sydney Sweeney. Sydney Sweeney. Would love to see her uh, in a Padres hat. There's really no comparison right now to Taylor Swift. No, there's really not. No. No. I was reading something. I think Rolling Stone had a story. Somebody had a story like, this is the closest to as far as much as she moves the needle now. It's the closest we've seen to Michael Jackson in the early 80s. Right. Beatles. Like the Beatles. Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe. You know, you get that kind of vibe from it. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy uh, what she's brought to the table. Um, I mean, unless Nando starts dating like Kim Kardashian, I, I still don't so even don't think that, that, that even comes work. close to nothing. Well, comes close some, to moving I don't know that a, a needle like she there's, does right there, now. There really isn't. My vote is for Sydney Sweeney, just because I would that's like to your at Pet, Petco Park <laughs> in a Padres hat and nothing else. She might have rocketed up to my number one. Well, I don't. Uh, People who have the conspiracy theories that it's all been rigged in favor of the Chiefs, it's uh, w- as far as conspiracy theories go, it's one of the more insane. Like, do you have any idea how <laughs> impossible it would be to rig an entire NFL postseason? I mean, you yeah, would need it would be the you would buy-in need, is you would staggering. need thousands, if not tens of thousands of people to keep their mouth all shut. operating <laughs> on the same script efficiently, keeping their mouth shut, Forever. probably paying them all so. I don't know, five, ten billion dollars worth of bribes just to make this all happen. So I mean, when you go, when you actually think about how insane that is, if someone comes to you and says, oh, it's all rigged in favor of the Chiefs, either ask them, like, okay, so how did they do it? And if they, if they can't come, you know, go step by step how it's done, <laughs> you're dealing with an absolute loon. I mean, hopefully they just haven't thought it through. Once you think it through, you realize, that's got to be the most insane thing that I've ever even thought, that they could rig an entire NFL postseason so one team wins. Fernando Tatis Jr. and Dua Lipa. That could feed families for a long, <laughs> long, 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 I'm long time. I'm in for that. Okay, I've been she there is. too. Woods, She's nice. Sit where you are. It's yes, time for I a little real effect. You don't have to go anywhere. Some are here for the compelling sports talk with Ben and Woods. Yeah, you can go plow through another donut. It's time for Real or Fake on 97.3 The Fan. Uh, tell the people what they'll win today. Now, we're not plowing through another donut. It's going to be cookies today. As, uh, I believe Drew joins us here on Real or Fake. Good morning, Drew. Good morning. All right, you Everybody. are a contestant today. Uh, if you can get four of seven right in our Real or Fake game, we will uh, qualify you for our grand prize drawing of two nights at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino and tickets to Tom Kiefer and L.A. Guns on April yeah. 11th at the Westgate International Theater. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Check out the Westgate $70 million in room renovations. All right, Drew, it's Girl, Cou- Girl Scout cookie season. We were talking about it earlier this week. We all know about Thin Mints and Samoas and Tagalongs, but I have a list of Girl Scout cookie varieties of the past which were discontinued. Oh, boy. So today on Real or Fake, I will give you a name. You tell me if it was once a real Girl Scout cookie 
Or if it's a fake, I threw in to fool you. And we've got Woods here as a, a potential sounding board. Can try to help you out if you need any help. So, Drew, are you ready to play? Yep, sounds good. Woods, I'm going to need your help on this one. Oh, uh, you got it, buddy. All right, round one. Real or fake Girl Scout cookies of the past. Savannah Smiles. Real or fake? Savannah Smiles. Woods, what do you think? I think they're real, buddy. He thinks they're real. Drew? Yeah, I'm going Real I'm, is the I'm answer. Going real too. Okay, and it is. Sounds like a. It's a. Adult uh, it was film a. Actress. It was yeah. a lemon. I think she was. Actually. It was a <laughs> lemon cookie that was a tribute to the Girl Scouts' uh, home base in Savannah, Georgia. Okay. Discontinued in the early 2000s. All right, one point. That's uh, one out of the four you need. Let's go to round number two. Double Dutch. Double Dutch. Real or fake Girl Scout cookie of the past? Drew. Uh, I'm going real. Double Dutch is oh, also real. Very good. Boy. Glad you didn't ask yeah, me. Just an extra chocolatey <laughs> version of a cookie in 2004 with both semi-sweet and milk chocolate chips together. All right, this is going very well today. Let's go round number three. Aloha chip. Aloha chip. Real or fake, Drew? Bud? It sounds fake to me, man. It sounds fake. I'm going to say fake. I'm going to go with my gut. All right, I'm going fake, too. He is going fake, and you are both. That's also real. That was a white chocolate macadamia nut cookie uh, that was available from 2000 to 2004. You like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Love white chocolate. I don't like white chocolate. I don't like macadamia nuts. (laughs) I will pass on both. That's all right. Yeah, you're still up 2-1 here as we go to round number four. Cookie of deviance. (laughs) Let's try this one. Uh, Let's try Juliet's. Juliet's. He gave me a look, a weird. Real or fake? He gave me of, a weird. What kind of look could I give you? I gave you no look. I'm going real. Real. Okay. I would have said fake. The answer is real. Oh, look at you. Very don't good. Very questions. solid. Yeah, just don't ask. Juliet's are uh, a real Girl Scout cookie of the past. Congratulations, you. I'm trying to. I'm looking at. I had it here. Clearly, Woods is not a, a cookie fan here. Oh, or Girl Scout boy, I am. Uh, they were a golden. They're called a golden nut cluster, known for being nutty and delicious in the early '90s, featuring caramel and chopped pecans with a lightly flavored maple <laughs> topping. I bet that's so good. All right, all you need why is, are those discontinued? I know. All you need is one more, and you are good to go here. Uh, let's try Cinnaspins. Cinna spins. Drew, real or fake? Uh, fake. Fake. That's also real. Cinna spins. They were actually a lower calorie version of a cinnamon cookie that they had available. I like this bit. Sit and spin. When you hold up your middle finger. Yeah, sit and spin. All right. Uh, let's go to round number six. Zebras. Real or fake? Zebras. Oh, fake. I say fake. I think those those were little those little uh, Debbie I, cakes. I think those were little Debbies, zebras. Okay, I'm gonna go with Woods here again on this one. Thank. Uh, I don't know if they were little Debbies or not, but they were not girl yes! shot cookies, which means it is fake. Which means Drew, you have won our game for today. Congratulations, you'll qualify for the trip to Las Vegas. Stay on the line, Polly. We'll get all of your information during the break. Are you trying to trick him like it's an Oreo cookie or something? Yeah, I thought, black you know, like a white. black and white. Or Zebras a zebra. were... I'll get down on some little Debbies, as you, as you can tell. And then last one was Mary Melts. Fake.
fake. Very good. All right. You guys both did pretty well on that game today. I love Little Debbie. God, so good. What? Uh, maybe I could do a Little Debbie category at some point. <laughs> Who was Little Debbie? I, <laughs> I like Little Debbie. <laughs> Let's see. We got unicorn cakes and devil squares, devil cream, Swiss rolls, I love strawberry Swiss shortcake rolls. rolls. Oh my god! I had zebra some. cakes, zebra, zebra cake cakes. Rolls. Yeah, zebras. When, there they are. When me and Paulie were driving back from Arizona, I was running out of gas. Not like mentally, I was so tired. I was like, I need some sugar. So I was walking <laughs> through the what's the place? Loves. Loves. They have everything you could. They have ever wanted in Loves, and I'm like, oh. Swiss rolls. I, I hadn't had them in a, 20 years. I'm they were more so of a hostess cool. person than a little baby I, I mean, person. I'm not, I, think. I'm not, I don't discriminate. I haven't had either in a while, but. I bet when you were a kid, I would bet, I'll bet $1,000 that in your house growing up, you guys always had Entenmann's. We Entenmann, did have some Entenmann's, yeah. yeah. Always. The box of Entenmann's. We also on had the Sarah Lee a lot. Yeah, like Sarah Lee's Sarah delicious. Lee Pound Cake. Yeah. I love, I love Sarah Lee Pound Cake. Yeah, I do too. I love the, is it the Nutty Butters, the, oh, the Wafers? The Wafers. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Have you tried Reese's? The, Re- Reese's? Reese's? Reese's version no. of the, the Nutty Bars. Un- ungodly. With the Reese's chocolate and the peanut butter that they have. Oh, my God. Now, everyone has been, on my recommendation, I've been giving pictures of people buying the Reese's Animal Crackers. You're quite an influencer. Everybody's happy with those. So if uh, Reese's needs a new endorser for their Animal Crackers line, Reese's I'm right Sticks here. is what they're called, and they are ungodly good. All right, congratulations, Drew. We have a winner on Real or Fake. Uh, Throwback Thursday is coming up. Don't Do This is coming up next as well. Um, dysfunction in the New York Jets. Not that anyone's Bro, surprised with that, but what in the world is going <laughs> on in that place? They really do take it to the next level. It's so next level. <laughs> I've never seen this article that came out in the Athletic. It just leaves you with your mouth agape. And I've got something very cool involving the Cleveland Guardians coming up as well. Uh, let's stay tuned for that. We'll be right back with more Ben and Woods after traffic here on ninety-seven three The Fan. Do this. I got a little surprise for you, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't do this. Listen, if I'm, if I'm something, something bad, I mean, tell me I'm a bad boy. You know, just tell me I'm a bad boy. Why? Just why? I get the argument. You don't have to explain it to me. I'm not a moron. Let me tell you why I am a dumbass. It's time for Don't Do This. Don't do this. On 97.3 The Fan. Don't forget, you can tune in to kick off with Boomer and Valenti. I know the season is almost over, so don't miss miss these last couple of episodes. Uh, Friday, 7 p.m. here on 97.3 The Fan and on the free Odyssey app. It is presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it and by Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. You know, the Odyssey app is great, Woods. If you uh, miss Boomer and Valenti. Let's go back. Let's say we're we're up in March and you're just... Itching for Boomer and Valenti. Yeah. They archive they all the shows. Go back and listen. You can go back and get their thoughts on week 14 of like the NFL who they're picking season. on week, week 12. Yeah. Predictions. Yeah. The fact that you think I would ever even miss a live Boomer and Valenti True. is ridiculous. So uh, This is probably a, a topic of conversation on the Boomer and Valenti program <sighs> as we get into Don't Do This. Uh, yesterday, The Athletic. 
in one of their athletic style pieces. Very deep, well sourced. All things behind the scenes going on with the New York Jets. And if you're an executive for a football team, any team, let's just say, but in football, maybe you're a communications director and you get a text, Hi, this is blank from the athletic. Your heart stops, right? You're done. You're like, oh, crap. What did they know? What did we do? Oh, no. So it's not as though the Jets presented some well-put-together front for everybody, (laughs) and now we're finding out what really went on behind the scenes. They looked like a mess to everybody, and now we're just kind of finding out how deep it all went. But is it going to surprise anyone to learn that (laughs) even though at the beginning of the season when Aaron Rodgers got hurt and everyone said, but this is going to be good for Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers is going to be there to mentor mentor him, and be there for him every step of the way, that that's not exactly what happened. And that uh, Wilson says that that pretty much he got ghosted by Aaron Rodgers all season. Even when he had questions, anything like that. Uh, He just wasn't, wasn't there to help Zach Wilson at all. Even later in the season... When remember when Wilson got benched yep. and then there was that report that he didn't want to come back and start again because yep. things had gone so well. The Athletic saying that uh, the coach Robert Sala asked Aaron Rodgers to speak with Zach Wilson to convince the young quarterback to change his mind, according to team sources. That didn't work either. Wilson's feelings about his idol soured over the season. As Rodgers was pushing the limits of his torn Achilles rehab, determined to return in a little over three months, an unprecedented recovery time for that injury, Wilson, along with some Jets teammates and coaches, grew tired of the way Salah fawned over Rodgers. According to team sources, quote, I think he's sacrificed so much already for the organization and himself and his teammates, and he's doing it again. Sala said on November 30th, I think it's a testament to who he is as a human. But Wilson's going, is this the same person that, are you talking about this Aaron Aaron Rodgers, who won't even return my phone call? It's incredible, is not, man. Has not given me word one of advice all season, and you're sitting here saying how great he is every moment of the day. Uh, Wilson told coaches and teammates he was under the impression he'd have a direct line to Rodgers even after Rodgers tore his Achilles and flew home to California for surgery. Instead, Wilson barely heard from him. And and it goes on and on. I mean, they talk about the culture of paranoia in there that Robert Sala tried to, like, steal. He Not steal, but he was like, if if one more leak comes out of here, I'm going to get your phone. And I'm going to look through your phone to see who is the the mole leaking stuff out of here. It is just it, the organization. They just cannot get out of their own way, Benjamin. It's, it, it almost wasn't necessarily, though, anything other than, and you saw it all year long, that whatever Aaron Rodgers said went. Yep. Like Robert Sala never pushed back on anything never. Aaron Rodgers said. He was so clearly afraid that if he got on Rodgers' bad side at the end of the season, his only way to keep the job was to try to keep Aaron Rodgers happy. But by keeping Aaron Rodgers happy, he alienated his actual quarterback and sounds like most of the rest of the roster at the same time. All right, we are late. So um, just do the doo-doo this. How about that? I can save mine. All right. uh, D.D. Mega doo-doo. This story, actually, I found found pretty exciting. And I I wouldn't, I mean... I don't want to fly to Cleveland, but if I had the opportunity to be at the Guardians home opener this year, seems like it's going to be a pretty cool scene. So the uh, April 8th home opener for the Cleveland Guardians, which comes after, by the way, they start with an 11-game road trip. So they're on the road for almost two weeks. They finally come back on April 8th at Progressive Field. It is going to coincide with a total eclipse of the sun. 
which is scheduled, total eclipse of the heart. No, total eclipse of the sun, which is going to happen at three thirteen Eastern time on April. Oh, that's so cool. Eighth, and and not one of these partial ones. This is one like the end of days. It's going to be completely night for four minutes in the middle of the day. The that sun will be completely badass. blocked out. It only happens three times every six hundred and thirty-eight years. The next one isn't until twenty-four forty-four in Cleveland, but. This will happen now. They haven't they haven't completely decided when they're starting the game. Usually, it's four o'clock for their opener, so it would be like before, like during the pregame, as everyone's getting excited and they're getting ready to introduce the players. It'll go from day to night over Cleveland, <laughs> which, so which cool. sounds like it would be one of the more cooler experiences oh, yeah. to watch an eclipse and a stadium full of people. That's and everyone cool. goes, "Oh, it's getting dark!" <laughs> so, like the sky is expected to turn from you know bright. If if it's sunny, the weather is obviously it's an Cleveland. issue. If it's cloudy, oh, it's not going to be oh, fun. Oh my But goodness. it'll go from like blue skies, and then it'll start getting kind of like darker blue, and eventually, for four minutes, it'll it'll seem like you're in pitch night, like dark completely. So <laughs> rad. And then it'll start getting light again, oh, and that's so come cool. back, and it's like that has got to be that'll be one of the coolest sports watching experiences of all time. And I can't wait to see the pictures. I mean, the pictures will be next level. Out of what's the date on that again? It's April eighth. April eighth. Okay. And uh, you know, Cleveland is one of the only places in America because it's really a, just a thin stretch that gets the total eclipse. Yeah. Uh, other places will get a partial eclipse, but they will get a total eclipse in Cleveland. On that day, uh, for four minutes in the afternoon, right probably before the start of their home opener for the season. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, And speaking of incredible for uh, Throwback Thursday uh, coming up next, just just stay here. I mean, don't go anywhere. This is is one you guys are really, really going to enjoy. It's uh, Throwback Thursday and then some. Oh, yeah. Coming up next on Ben & Woods. Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoops. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
saw a poll yesterday on Twitter that had this song, Boys of Summer by Don Henley, against the cover version of Boys of Summer by the Ataris. And I thought, well, I'm going to click on this poll, and it will be overwhelmingly Don Henley. It wasn't. It was like 54% to 47% or something. That's probably it's more than... That's more That's than 46 then, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> I disagree. It's Don Henley. Turn that up, Paulie, for a second. Uh, it's already gone. Yeah, it's, it's gone. Killer. All right. I uh I'll agree with you. I've heard the cover version. Yeah, it's, fine. it's not not bad. It's fine. But it's not the original. It's not Don Henley's but, version. You know, the when music, it's nostalgia that kind of gets you sometimes sure. with music. And knowing you listen to that song Way back when, you're driving your car, you heard it, so it affects you in a different way. Right. That's why we do Throwback Thursday. Yeah. It's, you know, the, the old stuff sometimes affects us a little bit more than the new stuff. When we were uh, at... There we go. It's not even close. I can see you. bright skin shining in the sun. It's way better. The Ataris are Blink-182. It sounds the same. They all sound the same. <laughs> I was driving the other day, Polly, with Hannah, and the song was on the radio. And I go, who is this Blink-182 knockoff band? Hannah goes, oh, my God. Who is this? I go, I don't know, but they sound just like Blink-182. So she shazammed it. It was Blink-182. It was the new Blink-182. <laughs> They're knocking themselves off They're now. They're knocking themselves off. Sounds just like Blink-182. So I, like, I have not heard this yet. You guys are such a ripoff of who you used of to be. Of who you are. Uh, their, their new album is fantastic. Is it good? Oh, I, yeah. So I liked the song that no I skips. heard. No skips. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I like the song I heard, but I go, oh, man, this is a really bad knockoff of Blink. <laughs> oh, it sounds like Blink-182 if they <laughs> aged 20 years. That's exactly right. Since I used to hear I miss them. you. <laughs> Remember the time I spilled the apple juice in the hole? I was like, that sounds way too much like Blink. It was Blink. So <laughs> People get older, I guess. <laughs> so we, uh, we went yesterday after the show into the prod studio, as we do, and just kind of, uh, you know, shooting the breeze, post-show meeting, and uh, we will tell you what happened right after traffic. So we cruise in there after the show and uh, just shooting the breeze. How did you guys think the show went? Blah, blah, blah. Paul said, oh, I forgot. Got a uh, killer throwback Thursday for you guys tomorrow. And we said, oh, okay, what is it? And he played it. And Ben actually said, I feel like this one comes up every six months. And I go, you know what? I feel the same way. Doesn't mean I don't want to hear it. Now, no. sometimes Throwback Thursday is, hey, it's the week of. Yeah. you got to be kind of estimate a little bit because we're not always on the same days that we were this weekend so and everything. Within a few days. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, if it was yeah. you know December 9th, we'd we'll, do that next We'll week. do it then. But this is literally same day. February 1st, 2022, Paulie. Yeah. So this was two years ago today that uh, we were here this, in the studio. And this happened. You thought that was good news yesterday. Yeah. I didn't know. What in the world? <laughs> Who was that? That was me. My mic was off. Holy ass word. It's just like a, a air bubble. What? Are you okay? <laughs> His face. A little air bubble. <laughs> Sheepish. <laughs> that was incredible. Oh, that's oh. where that's from. <laughs> Polly, you can rewind that. Do we... <laughs> Do we Damn have, right I can, do we have I the old one that we from the last station? Do we have? I do. You'll have to give me a minute. We got, oh, jeez. I just had a short in my brain. <laughs> 
So, Benny, we're right in the middle. I don't remember what we were talking about. I have no idea. So, it was February. I said, you think that was good news? You thought that was good news yesterday? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> what in the world? So, so the air bubble happens. Obviously, we have a blast with it. And uh, and then Polly goes. No. That sound that sound came up up through from my diaphragm. It wasn't a burp. It was guttural. It wasn't. It, it wasn't a hiccup. Somebody said he ate a cat. It, I can't exactly describe what it was. I could never recreate it. Like no, it's not you, something you could just try to do. It just kind of needed to be, come out some, for some reason. So we're sitting in the studio yesterday. We're we're crying, laughing. And Ben goes, don't play it because I won't laugh tomorrow. I go, you're going to laugh tomorrow. Yeah, it's incredible. So then Paulie goes, oh, my God, I forgot I did this. Same day. Same day. Same segment. Same segment. Vader's on that ship. Now, don't get jittery, Luke. There are a lot of command ships. Keep your distance, though, Chewie. But don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. I don't know. Fly casual. <laughs> Ben's stomach is Chewbacca. <laughs> I don't know, Chewie. <laughs> Let the Wookiee win. <laughs> so we were in there. I mean, we were convulsing all the time. I go, oh, I can't wait to play it. So there's your throwback Thursday. Some shows might say it stops there. Not us. Not our show. I was inspired yesterday, and I called Paul Rindle with an assignment, and I just turned him loose. And I haven't heard it, but I know it's going to be fantastic. I said, here's your assignment. And he said, I will take that assignment, sir. Going to lock myself in the lab. and uh, It's about an hour and a half. Hour and a half of work. Started thinking, what? Just play it. Just play it. I think I it have no speaks. idea what's coming up. I here. think it's Ben has not heard this. I haven't heard this. You didn't know about this. This is Paul Rindle at his finest. Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the. <laughs> you can't handle the. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that took you an hour and a half. No, no. There's, there's more coming up. I started thinking of more iconic oh, movies. Oh, movies that we all love yes. and are near and dear to our hearts. How about Goodwill Hunting? But I think that's a super philosophy, Will. That way you can go through your entire life without ever having to really know anybody. My wife used to fart when she was nervous. She had all sorts of wonderful little idiosyncrasies. <laughs> you know, she used to fart in her sleep. <laughs> Sorry, I shared that with you. One night it was so loud it woke the dog up. <laughs> she woke up and got like, oh, was that you? See, I didn't have the heart to tell her. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> she woke herself up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Ah, but Will, she's been dead two years. And that's the I remember. <laughs> Wonderful stuff, you know? Little oh. things like that. Uh, those are the things I miss the most. <laughs> oh, oh, you guys remember when Ben's uh, stomach made an appearance in Pulp Fiction? I do. Step aside, what? <laughs> okay. 
No, man. I'm pretty f far from okay. Are you okay? <laughs> No, man. I'm pretty f far from okay. Mom! Ben, are you okay? No, man. I know how much we all loved uh, Shawshank Redemption. And it did like he was told. Buffed those shoes to a high mirror shine. The guard simply didn't notice. Neither did I. <laughs> and he crawled to freedom through 500 yards of smelling foulness I can't even imagine. Or maybe I just don't want to. 500 yards. That's the length of five football fields. Just shy of half a mile. The next morning, Right about the time Raquel was spilling her little secret, a man nobody ever laid eyes on before strolled into the main national bank. The signature was a spot-on match. I must say, I'm sorry to be losing your business. I hope you'll enjoy living abroad. Thank you. I'm sure I will. Oh, stab it again. Oh, it hurts so bad. Started oh. thinking to myself, oh, I need more. <laughs> I need oh, more. I do it all day. What's Ben's all-time favorite movie? Back to the Future. No oh, no, 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 no. You, you and Jennifer both turn out fine. It's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about your kids. Hey, Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough <laughs> to get up to 88. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going, we don't need. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think the uh, I think the Pulp Fiction one is my <laughs> absolute favorite. Are you okay? Uh, I don't know that anything can beat the Wookiee though. <laughs> the Wookiee was great. Okay. It was so good. No man. No man. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> far from okay. Yeah, I can tell because of the guttural sound coming from your gut. Well, let me let me leave you with one <sighs> final oh, clip. Thank you. One of the greatest. Romantic comedies of all time. It's sports. I knew Ben would uh, like that. If he was going to star in a movie, or if his stomach noises oh yeah. were ever going to star in a movie, it might be something like Jerry Maguire. We live in a cynical world. A cynical world. And we work in a business of tough competitors. Uh, <laughs> I love you. You? I'm not just... Hey, shut up. <laughs> just shut up. You had me at... <laughs> you had me at... <laughs> <laughs> you had me at... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm hurting. Just shut up. <laughs> just shut up. You had me at... <laughs> 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 You had me at home. <laughs> it almost sounds like a lover. Somehow, somehow my stomach is saying roads. It's saying hello. Yeah, truth. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man. Holy cow, dude.
Hmm. Had no idea my stomach was so versatile. Very versatile. Really can play any role, <sighs> different genres, uh, different scenes, ro- romance, <sighs> yeah, drama. We've got action, adventure. It's it's all there. Sci-fi. Oh my it Lord. really works in uh, a, a wide range of theatrical roles. <laughs> so good, man. So 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 good. <sighs> Thank you, Paulie, for that. Well done, sir. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what we do. That's when we're at our best. It had been a minute. It's been a little while. It's been a minute since we had had uh, some inspiration strike, and boy, when it does, it <laughs> always pays off, man. That was so good. It's mm. it's always hard to go from our best to our worst, which is usually the last couple of minutes here now before the hour yeah. as we get ready to restart the show. Uh, coming up at eight oh. o'clock here this morning. Coming up in the second half of Ben and Woods, uh, we'll have our Rindle report. Uh, we've got some tickets to give away. The Aztecs taking on Utah State. Now a huge game, by the way, for San Diego State on Saturday because the Wild Mountain West continues to get more wild. So last night, uh, Boise State won at New Mexico. So everybody who was saying, oh, San Diego State, I've seen it this morning. They're choking. They're falling apart. New Mexico was the hottest team in the Mountain West, bar none. They destroyed San Diego State. They've been like, they had won five in a row. Everyone was terrified of New Mexico. Now they've lost at home. Now they have three losses, just like San Diego State. Yep. The only team with one loss is Utah State. If San Diego State can win on Saturday at Ooh, home, what a, what a game! There will be every team basically in the top will either have two or three losses. It'll be anybody's ball game going into the second half of the conference schedule. So remember how I said it was a must-win game at Colorado State. Erase right. that. This one, this one's a must-win. Is game. definitely because it's a home game. But if this you lose, one you're is, okay. No, still. you're not okay. Well, with this you can one. still win the conference tournament. Uh, you can always win the conference tournament. That's true. But um, this is a big one. Got to hold serve at home, and New Mexico didn't. I was surprised. They were pretty. I think they were eight or nine point favorites, and they lost by eight or nine last night to Boise State at home. What was the final? It was eighty six seventy eight. Uh, Boise State led throughout most of the second half. So another game changer in the uh, conference that is clearly, it's clearly a big step up from where it's been even the last couple of years. Uh, you know, they're fighting for maybe five spots in the NCAA tournament right now. So don't feel bad, Aztecs fans, when your team loses every once in a while. These are all good teams. Yep. Boise State is good. New Mexico's good. Utah State's good. Uh, Nevada's good. Colorado State's good. These are all good college basketball teams. You're not going to win every single game. This is a big one, though. If you, if you really, if you let Utah State win on your home floor, you're now three games back. You still have to go there. There's almost no way to catch up in the regular season. But if you win this one, you're right back in it. So, yeah, for regular season purposes, it's probably the biggest game of the year uh, for the Aztecs so far. And we'll be giving away tickets coming up in the second half of Ben and Woods. When you hear... Yeah. I don't say that, but I don't think Paulie can keep his hands off of it now for the rest of the show. Use it as our sounder. You want to use it for our sounder? Absolutely. When you hear that... The next time you hear it, like, it'll play it like two Not or three times in a row. One. Not that one, but in the second half of the program, you hear that, you call in 833-288-0973. We'll uh, send you to what will be a sold-out Viejas Arena, I'm sure, on Saturday for uh, San Diego State, Utah State. All right, we'll come back. Uh, two more hours to go on a Thursday, a throwback Thursday. Great job, Paulie, on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fam. They're an arrogant, ingrown, close-knit brotherhood like the Mafia. They're the product of a sick society. To hell with tomorrow. Their bag is today. Their bag is right now. 
Welcome to Ben and Woods. Oh, the hair on my neck just <laughs> straight up. With Ben Higgins. Thank God all these bottles I popped. All this paper I've been getting. All these models I popped. Stephen Woods. It's my job to pull that demon out of Ben Higgins. And I will do it. And Paul Reindel. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's Ben and Woods. Oh, I do. All right, my beloved friends, we are halfway home on a Thursday. It's February 1st, finally. Got out of the uh, 47 days of January is what it felt like. Uh, Great to be here with you. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindel, the executive producer. And uh, Ben Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor as well. We have raised uh, at least one of the shades in here so that we could see outside. And yes, it is, uh, it's picking up out there. The, the rain is falling. It's very gray. Please be careful if you're on the roads. Um, it's going to be slick. It's going to be slow. No need to rush. You're, you're better. It's better if you're alive than you're dead, right? It is better for us as well. Well, as for, and your family. People, because we stuff. like you in our audience. Well, so we both. Not to be selfish, but yeah, you're really no good to us if you're dead. You're not. But you're better for us if you're alive. And I've said this before. We're like one of the only fans of traffic in San Diego. Correct. Because the longer you're stuck in your car that in the morning, you'll listen. the better it is for us, actually. So yeah. take your time. Listen to more Ben and Woods on your way to wherever you're going this morning. Be careful. Get there safely. And then you can listen to us more tomorrow because you're still alive. Yeah, correct. It's really a win-win for everybody. Yeah, it is. Your family, too, is you're probably important. Also, you know, one thing that surprised me there in that throwback segment, I think it did, is you as well. I didn't realize that, that the stomach noise segment was where you're, that's incredible. Uh, me neither. Yeah. Which uh, we've heard no a idea. million times since then in <clears throat> drops and that was opens and all that. was incredible all over the place that that actually came from that segment as well two years ago Man, today. That was incredible. That's so fun. <laughs> so fun. I had one that myself. That was yours. Yeah, that, that was, was more burp. of a traditional, traditional. burp slash belch. What's the difference between a burp and a belch? Anyway? Same thing. Anything? Yeah. No difference at all? I always feel like a belch sounds a little wetter than a burp. Like a burp could be silent, but a belch has noise. Like, yeah. I don't know. We've devolved. Though. Um, hey, spring training. It's so uh, we are in February, which is the month of spring training. In fact, <sighs> yesterday, Padres loaded up their trucks and our Sammy Levitt went down there to cover the, the fryer, you know, pushing carts around and. He actually had some numbers for us. And I'm surprised because we were just in Peoria. And they seemed fairly well stocked while we were there. But they have to take a lot of stuff with them, including 300 batting helmets, 500 500 pairs of socks, and 12,000 baseballs they take with them to spring training. 12,000 baseballs is part of the equipment necessary to conduct uh, a month and a half long spring training camp in Peoria, Arizona. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff and gear that they have to drive over there. I mean, if you've ever moved or you know packed for a, a long trip, you know what a beating it can be, and the panic that you feel uh, that you've forgotten something. And I can't imagine the logistics that go into just you're running a baseball team on a day to day basis. It would make your head spin, uh, I would imagine. But I love that Sammy was down there getting video of them loading up the trucks, the big boxes of sunflower seeds, all of it, man, all of it. It just February first. You're right. When the calendar turns uh, into Feb, I mean, we'll be there. 
we'll be there in three weeks. So, which is hard to wrap my head around. So, yeah, um, um, props to uh, Clubhouse and Equipment Manager TJ Laidlaw, who is in charge of all of that stuff for the, uh, the Padres. And you know it. You'd be surprised at how many jobs are required to to make a major league baseball franchise work. Things you don't even think about in the off season, like like this packing of trucks for spring training and getting it all going. You need someone who's in charge of all of that. TJ handles that for the San Diego Padres. Yesterday was like his Super Bowl. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, you, you know, outfielders too is something that a, a team. Yeah, they only had to pack two outfielders for spring training so far. Yeah, so far. They will only take two of those 300 batting helmets. I thought 300 seemed like a lot, but... I don't know how many players are actually... Well, there. I mean, you were just in the clubhouse. There's there's room for about 70 guys yep. in the Major League clubhouse. Then there's a minor league clubhouse. And then there's an, an even larger minor league clubhouse that I think has room for over 100 guys. Okay. There's probably some backup helmets. Guys have multiple helmets. Or do they just wear the same one the whole time? I would think that most most big league guys have at least two. I thought so. A regular one, a backup one. So they're probably bringing a couple of them to spring training at least. Why do I think that they all had their own, like that they put in, like it's theirs? They do. And the season. It's theirs, but I don't think they like take it home with them or anything. Well, so you leave it in your locker. Yeah, but then the team has to transport, transport it, it. To, to spring training. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have to transport. I don't think Manny has to load up his bats or anything. I don't think Manny has to do anything. Good, you know exactly. I mean? right. You know, that's what TJ does. Right. He's like, Manny, all right, we, we got all your bats, we got your helmets, we got your gloves and everything. We'll have them all waiting for you in your locker in Peoria. And then when Manny leaves Peoria, They'll take it all back and put it all back in his locker, in his locker. at Petco Park, yeah. so it's just there. That's one of the real perks of being. What a do you big need three hundred batting helmets for? Well, like, like I said, you've got you'll have between your players in camp and your minor league system. There's yeah. probably a hundred and fifty players or True. so, and if they each have two helmets, that's your three hundred right there. Yep, there you yeah. go. Makes sense. Hmm. It's a big operation. Again, it's a, I, it's a large I, undertaking. You know, when you go out and play at fantasy camp, and you, you, or at least you can even go down to spring training and watch, and you look at the fields and the facilities, and you go, "You guys should never complain about anything because it is just, it's just top notch, the top of the line everywhere you go. Um, it is spectacular the way that they do things. So hopefully, leads to some uh, some wins this season. But it is, it's a nice little stepping stone. Benjamin um, means baseball is right around the corner when the trucks start heading out to spring training. Yeah, we're we're getting our stuff finalized right now and uh cannot wait to get out there and watch the boys in action yeah looking forward to it glad that february is finally here uh next month we'll have actual real baseball for you here on 97.3 the fan uh starting with the two games in korea and uh then whatever goes on between korea and the start of the padres season and then of course the home opener against the san francisco giants exactly was, right. it march 28th right I believe. Yeah. Thursday, opening March day. 28th is the opening day in San Diego. Double-checking the calendar. I believe that is accurate. Yeah, Thursday the 28th. Thursday, March 28th. Bob Melvin returns. First game back. The dugout he always wanted to be in, allegedly. So it should be fun. Does Hopefully 2-0. But we both said yesterday. Yeah, he gets booed. Ooh, really? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Polite applause. No, I think there'll be a smattering of booze, right? I mean, everybody gets a smattering, but I think for the most part, will you hear it? Yeah, yeah. When he, I, think I, I would say polite, but not 
thunderous Introducing applause. the lineup for the visiting San Francisco Giants right. as read by manager Bob, Bob Melvin. Melvin. Ooh. Yeah, I think so. I think there's more claps than boos. Really? I'll clap for him. I like Bob Melvin. I like Bob Melvin. <laughs> Even if you didn't like Bob Melvin... Clearly, he's a he's a good guy, and I mean, he's, he's a giant. So I don't think he torpedoed the Padres in any way. I mean, I'd he's be, a giant now. If it all went down the exact same way here, and he ended up leaving to I don't know visit the Cubs or something. There's a would difference he get booed though. That, then so they'll 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 is announce the rivalry. Yeah, do you root he, for Dave Roberts when he comes? I'm not saying I'm rooting for. Guy. I'm not saying I'm rooting not for Bob like you, try, you clap for but Dave Roberts. You do a great job. There's a difference on opening day. Before a game has been played yeah. and the lineups go out onto the field, I feel there's no reason you can't give some polite applause to a former member of your organization, even if they're lining up for the other team. Now, if he goes out in the fifth inning and is screaming at umps uh, over a call he disagrees with then and with the boo. Padres' way, go ahead, then you boo. That's part of the action. That's that's part. He's now He's now, at that point, He's the opposition. He's the enemy. But when he's, he's just, already the enemy, when you put the when, laundry, I on. just I think when you're lining up though for the opening day introductions, it's okay to give some polite applause. Johnny says he'll to a former player. John says he'll boo while clapping. I'll do the same thing. <laughs> boo, boo, kind of boo. A, and what you can actually do. It's kind of a half-ass <laughs> boo, like, ah, boo. Yeah, he'll get boos. He'll get boos for sure. Then again, with the players that haven't been on the team. I don't know that there's not you don't politely applaud no. Like, I don't Jung Ho Lee. Yeah. No. He's he's just oh, he's just the opposition. Look, Kyle Harrison. No, absolutely <laughs> no. not. But yeah, for I'll a clap and boo. For someone who spent some time in your organization, I'm I'm okay with a, a polite cheer the first time he I'm, comes back. I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it some time and then maybe he'll get a, a nice ovation when the uh, Giants are out of it or something. That, that's, <laughs> You're waiting yeah, for, them, wait, to be out wait for them to be out of it. If they're out of it. You know, they could like, have a thank you too. for yeah, taking your it. lack of success somewhere else. We really do appreciate yeah, that now. 100%. 100%. You know, uh, so Bob, of course, is mostly known for his time with the Oakland A's. And I'm I'm pretty sure he's still happy he got out of Oakland. That situation looks really, really bad right now. I, I, I honestly don't know that I've ever seen a worse situation uh, in baseball in my 48 years on the planet. Have so you guys? They're going to play one last season here in Oakland. It's Not here in Oakland. We're in San Diego. Here in Oakland. We're, we're in San Diego, A California. lame duck season in Oakland that you can't imagine there's going to be any positive vibes for any of the home games. Minimal crowds, mostly filled with opposing fans, but just a bad vibe the whole way. But then after next season, the 2024 season, their lease expires at the Coliseum. And there's no negotiations right now to keep them there. No one really wants them there. I don't think the A's really want to be there. But their options are, and Jeff Passan wrote about this, and I, I thought it was fascinating. So they have a couple of options. Sacramento has kind of floated their AAA ballpark. Salt Lake City has made a bit of a push. They want to show that they can be a maybe a major league city someday, and and you know at least part of Salt Lake City is pushing for the A's, and they're building a new AAA ballpark that could possibly be their home for a couple of years. But for John Fisher, the owner. His problem is if he leaves Oakland, he loses his $70 million a year TV deal. Even if he goes to Sacramento, you leave the city limits, essentially, that TV deal gets canceled. That's unreal. 
and he loses out on a significant portion of his team's income. Because remember, he's not really getting anything in terms of tickets, no concessions, jerseys, nothing like what the Padres and other you know, more successful teams are getting that is actually a significant part of their revenue. Crazy that he gets he, $70 million in TV revenue. Now, he's though. not paying almost he's paying almost nothing in his salaries for players, but he's also bringing in almost nothing. And if he doesn't have that TV money, it's going to be a very lean next few years for the Oakland A's. Even if they sell out a 10,000-seat AAA ballpark, that's the most you can possibly get is right. 10,000 people. And I don't know that there will be passion for Oakland A's baseball in Sacramento or Salt Lake City, knowing, do you really want to get into a team that is going to be, you know, gone in three years? Are you really going to go down that road knowing they are, no matter what happens, they're leaving us in two or three years when their Vegas ballpark gets built? This is like the the whole scenario of how this has played out, Ben, is like something a 12-year-old would do. I mean, really, like they, this was not a well... Not well thought out. No, this wasn't a well thought out plan at all, in the slightest. These are all things, in my opinion, that should have been signed off on, or logistics that should have been figured out before 29 other owners unilaterally said, sounds good, bud. Let's do it. Let's get you out to Vegas. It doesn't make one bit of sense at all and you know Oakland's like Oakland's telling them yeah man I mean good luck if you you leave here you're not that's 70 million dollars that guy's going to have to lose if he goes to play somewhere else and what's he got at most he's got one more year in the Coliseum one more year one more year and so the, he'll get his 70 this year he right? will he will and then even if they moved Goes um, right in his pocket yeah even if they moved to Sacramento which isn't that far away from Oakland they lose that TV money Crazy. so yeah it's a it's a bad situation. So he has two basically limbo years, and that's yeah. if everything goes perfectly in Vegas. If everything goes perfectly, they think the stadium can open in 2028. So he has 25, 26, and 27 in limbo. And if there's like any delays at all, which is almost inevitable when it comes to ball, I mean, we're talking about construction on the Las Vegas Strip and Maybe they get it done, but let's let's say they have just one year of delay, 2029. That's now four years of limbo, no TV contract, no fans, no nothing until Jeez. maybe 2029. How did they let this happen? Rob Manford. Mm. It's not it's it's a it's a black eye on baseball. But nothing will be done about it. There's not much that can be done. I, I feel terrible. Point. I feel terrible for Mark Kotze, who I who I love. I feel terrible for Jessica Kleinschmidt, who is our dear friend that works for the A's. Dallas Braden it works for the A's. I mean, those those are people that I that I know and and some better than others. But you know, and then the players. I feel terrible for the players. Absolutely horrible. You're a big leaguer, and that's the life. I understand they're going to make a lot more money than all of us. I do understand that. But man, <laughs> you you look across the road at San Francisco and how they're treating their players. You look down in San Diego and see how they're treating their players and where they get to play. You look up in L.A., see how they're treating their players. And then you're like, what the hell is this? I mean, it is such bush, it's such yeah. bush league The behavior. A's are like that cheap team in the movie uh, Moneyball. Yeah. Which one the was A's. It? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, sodas are $4 now in the A's clubhouse. So stupid. Our, well, why does he do that? Well, our GM likes to keep the money on the field. But actually, no. Our owner likes to put the money in Padres his pocket. The are taking our heart. The Dodgers are taking our spleen. Right. By the way, that's not even the same owner. No, it's different total, owner. Totally different owner. It sucks, dude. But same organization. 
same apparent philosophy. And like I don't, I can't in good conscience laugh at them and and their owner. I just, I will just want the worst for him. You saw what happened. I, I think A's fans were a little, got a little boon, uh, a little burst of excitement when they saw that. Private equity group bought the the Orioles. They're like, why can't this happen to us? But I don't. If you're a private equity group, Ben, and you want to buy a baseball team, who's the last baseball team you want to buy right now? With everything hanging in limbo, it's the Oakland Athletics. Soon to be, not soon enough to be the Las Vegas Athletics. So it is a dump. It's a dump. The whole be thing sucks. To see how things change if they change when the team finally does move to Vegas. Yeah, I mean. The Raiders were still always the Raiders when they were in Oakland. Yeah, but they played in a dump, same stadium. Imagine pulling 160, you know, 100 or 81 home games. It's 117 degrees. Are they playing in a dome? Yeah, is they're building a dome there? Yes, retractable. It will be some sort of domed, in a, covered in a, stadium in a, a town full of of you know. There's some locals there certainly, um, but I mean to fill that ballpark. And then what's your excuse when the ballpark doesn't fill because you haven't put any money on the field? Are you now going to go out and spend three hundred million dollars or three hundred? Yeah, three hundred million bucks on players and stuff like that? Is your payroll said, possible in football when there's only yeah, nine eight games, games or whatever? Games. And you know that when if the Packers are playing on the road in Las Vegas. In the middle of December, half of Wisconsin is getting on sure. a plane and going on a vacation, and they're going to go gamble, and they're going to go stay in the hotels, and then they're going to go watch their favorite team play. But John, it doesn't work in baseball. Like John that. Fisher has said in interviews his plan is to have a payroll around $170 million in Las Vegas, which would be in slightly. Four years? Which right now would be a little above the average. In, the that's a, in four years. Right now, though. the average payroll is about 165. Which would be a huge improvement for them right now, but still, it's it's only he's expecting like an average payroll. We're going to be fifty-two years old, fifty-three years old, maybe before we see the first pitch in Las Vegas. I want to open our phone lines here. I want to hear. We're February first. It's baseball month. I want to hear Padres fans and where you stand on where the team is. Obviously, not a finished product yet, but. Confidence level going into this season. We heard uh, what Jake Peavy had to say about the Padres a little bit earlier. Do you share in his optimism uh, for this team? There are optimists out there for the San Diego Padres. Give us a call, 833-288-0973. Some uh, Thursday phone calls, very throwback of us. 833-288-0973. Back after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. The special man. Then we were Padres fans, 97.3 The Fans. You can always uh, jump back to things that you missed on our program by using the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app. Uh, Find your show, listen to uh, the most recent episode, or go back. Just go to A-U-D-A-C-Y on your app to download and get things started. You can't jump forward into the future. We have not developed that technology yet. No. However, if we did... And you jumped forward to nine o'clock. We might have some news coming your way at nine o'clock this morning that I would imagine a large segment of our audience 
will be interested in. Couldn't agree more. Have I said too much, or oh, is that the right amount the to right say? the right amount to say. Now shut up. And now you just move on. <laughs> Don't give anything else out. Correct. No other no, tidbits. No other Can I say tidbits. what it's not? No. I can't I even just, say what it's not. Nope. I, wouldn't even I know I can't say what on. it is. Shut up and just just move on. I will turn your mic off. All right. Keep it. Fair keep enough. It going. All right, let's uh, let's go out to the phones. 833-288-0973. We're, uh, we're evaluating the Padres as of February 1st. Not, D. Not, not the day that you have to be your best. October 1st is a good day to really be at your best. November 1st is fantastic. If, if you're you at, be at your, your best, best on November 1st, on you're On November 1st, you good. like that. February 1st, not as critical. It but February it is February 1st, and it is just... It coming down out it's out a milepost, oh though, for us. And uh, Chris is on the line. Chris, good morning. Welcome to Ben and Woods. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today? Good, pal. How are you? Awesome. Uh, here's how I'm looking at this season. Uh, last year, and just a little background, I've been a fan since I was nine years old in 1969. Love I've been it. with these for 55 years. Um, last year was about as high an expectation as we could ever yeah. get. I mean, we were, you know, all but planning the parade and everything. And, well, basically, how'd that work out for us? So, <laughs> Not great. going into this year, uh, I have very low to mediocre expectations. So, I'm kind of looking forward to, uh, since we had such high expectations last year and it turned out to be a, uh, you know, dumpster fire, maybe this year with no expectations, it'll, they'll surprise us. The old truth. The old under-promise and over-deliver. I like to do that in my, yeah, I like to do that in my marriage a lot. I under-promise tremendously, and then wife comes home, oh, my God, he did the dishes. What an angel, right? I over-deliver. It's, it's all harder to be the favorite, too. You oh, know, it's the worst. When the expectations are high, you, you've only got one, way to go, one direction to go, which is down. That's so, right. But I had an off-topic a little bit, but I've been wanting to ask a question for a long time. And maybe you guys can't answer it now, but maybe next time AJ or Eric Rupert's on. Ethan Salas is, what, 16, 17 now? 17. When he, when somebody like that, and I don't know how many times it's happened, but when they're that young and you're, they're in your system, are his parents with him or did the Padres assign a guardian? Um, how does that work? Question. Who's keeping that kid out of trouble? Good question. That's a good question. I have no earthly idea. I don't know the answer to that either. Like, okay, all right, so we've seen him out at, at Peoria. When he finishes up practice and the guys get in their car, I mean, he's old enough to drive, so gets in his car, goes back to his Airbnb or his studio apartment or whatever that they got for him out there. Is he on his own? I would guess that there's a, a family member probably bonus. with him, but I don't know that for sure. Now, you look at other sports like soccer, and they have these you know, youth the academies, academies yeah. where you go and you live and go to school, and it's essentially like boarding school. Like if you ever sent – I mean, people send their kids to boarding school, and they – Sign me up. They expect other people to <laughs> kind of be responsible and make sure that their kids are okay. I'll see you guys at Christmas. I love you. Now, Salas has money. He sure. was given a nice little signing bonus. Five million. I so believe, yeah. he can afford to have his parents living out wherever they want if they wanted to stay in Arizona with Got, him. Like, I wonder if he rooms with guys. You know, like three guys have a house and they look, I, I, they're probably sitting around playing Call of Duty, let's be honest, and <laughs> Fortnite and whatnot. You know? I, I would guess that there's a family member with him. I would think that would be something the Padres would keep a very close eye on to make sure someone who. Has not lived in this country, you know. Has is being very well tended and yeah. 
monitored as an underage person I mean, I'm, in the United States. I'm 48, and I could pretty much use a handler on the road as well. So <laughs> let's be honest there. Uh, but I, I, yeah, it's a really good question. I never thought about it like I, that. I actually like could, you think about like actors when they're on set when they're 13, 12 years old. Yeah, yeah, they have to like take go to school. Yeah, they, their parents are there hanging <laughs> and out, and there are regulations that hugely, yeah, huge that, that control that in terms of how many hours they can work yep. and you know what schools they have to do and who has to be there to monitor the child labor law you know situation i don't know in baseball what the differences are there but it's a good question question. chris you know we'll bring it up uh i I will ask someone next time we talk to someone in the padres minor league development system how i could probably ask somebody right now how that works yeah text uh text one of the people because i am now curious about the answer we may have it uh an answer for you listening right now by just t- texted us. By the time no, we get back. I know this uh, guy. And we will continue taking your phone calls, 833-288-0973. One thing I disagree with Chris on, and Chris, thank you for the call. I don't necessarily just setting lower expectations makes me then happier about the team. I mean, I can say, if the Padres win more than 11 games this year, we should be absolutely thrilled. It's not true. I I still think they should be a 85 or higher win team that absolutely competes for and likely makes the playoffs. And if they don't, it's a massive I'm not going to be happy. No, I'm going to be really If they go 83, hey, they won one more game than last year. Not particularly going to be happy with that. I, I, I'm still going to be disappointed. But I do see what he's saying, though. I mean, you're not. You, no one feels like they did going I into last as, season. I won't be as bitterly disappointed as last year, but I'm still going to be disappointed. For sure. But it's just, just doing what you did last year with lesser... Without Juan Soto is not a win for me. It's not oh, a win for me. Hey, either. we lost Juan Soto. We still won 82 games. That's a win. No, it's not. If you didn't make the playoffs, it's not a win at all. Now, if you won 79 games, but how, somehow snuck in the playoffs, win. Yeah, duh. That's a win. It's a win. Yep. Just make the playoffs. That's all it's about. All right, we'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. Give us a call, 833-288-0973. Ben and Woods talking Padres on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Question yet about what uh, how they handle like sixteen year olds in the minor league system, whether they have a guardian or their parents live with them. Or I do remember when the Padres drafted an eighteen year old Matt Bush and he was on his own in Arizona. It didn't go too well in that first year or so. Said uh, not really. It's always been kind of a weird deal for guys under eighteen, but they've got staff that keeps tabs on guys. Okay. Not, a, not a specific handler for each guy under eighteen, as they'll have a few each year. Yeah, I mean, millionaires under 18, I would not have uh, done well at all. I would have made it three weeks, max. I think what so much about Ethan Salas is his makeup. Yeah, you yeah, know. They, uh, they, everyone has said he's, a, he's an old he's soul He's not type someone guy. that they feel like is just ready to go out of 
completely out of control uh, just because he has some money now in his pocket. Now, don't, you don't know how anyone's going to react. Yeah. And the ages of you know, 16, 17, and 18 yeah, can be kids, man. Tur- turbulent and hormonal. And I mean, none of us are necessarily at our best when we are 17 years old. So I would imagine it's at least a concern for any baseball organization that has a number of 17-year-olds in their in their international and minor league system. I think seventeen year old Paul a five million dollar signing bonus. It's over, dog. <laughs> it would have gotten weird. Been down at Bottled Blonde in Scottsdale. <laughs> just every, where's Woodsy? Is it Bottled Bottled Blonde again? <laughs> More bottle service. The thing him. is, the reason why none of us received five million dollar bonuses because we weren't good at sports. We, well, yes, but the kind of dedication and effort, Correct. that goes into getting to that level. Kind of means nece- you're not necessarily the kind of person who is just looking for things to fool around with and get in trouble with uh, oh, yeah. the second to, you get that money. I played high school ball with a guy that got drafted in the third round, made it to the show for just a cup of coffee, but by far the best baseball player I've ever been on a team with. And we would have like, we'd, somebody would be like, oh, my parents are out of town. Everyone's coming over Friday night. You can just stay the night. We'll hang out. He'd be like doing push ups right. at midnight just because <laughs> yeah, that's not that was part of his regimen. We're all just sitting there stuffing our face with junk food. Yeah. And he's working out. And we're like, F this guy. Who yeah. invited Ryan? Yeah, guy made the show. Yeah. Made you know? the show. Built, that's different. Different. Built, Built a little different. differently Built for different. sure. All right, we're going to get back out to the phone lines 833 First, quick check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fam. All right, let's go out to uh, Edward, 833-288-0973, joining us here on 97.3 The Fan. Good morning, Edward. Good morning, guys. Hey, buddy. Listen, uh, they're still wringing their hands about this outfield positions that we got here. There's an elite uh, defensive outfielder still on the market out there. He completed all three outfield positions. He had 261 last year. He only made a million two, and he's a left-handed hitter. If you play him every day, I saw him play four or five times last year. He's still got his wheels. He'll get you 20-plus stolen bases. But why hasn't anybody given Travis Jankowski a sniff? They have. The Texas Rangers have given him a sniff, and I do believe he is going back to the Texas Rangers if it's not already done, Benny. Am I, I think I, you're I, right. I think I, they I did just, resign him, yeah. I saw a report that they were interested in bringing him back. I think we missed the boat on that one. Um, Edward, I do. I, I like think, where his head's at. I like though. where your head's at, though. That was a well prepared call, except for yeah, five days ago, yeah, five days uh, ago. guaranteed one point seven million on a one year deal to stay with the Rangers. Five point seven, he got one point. Oh, one point seven. Yeah, one that would have been a no brainer. But I like where your head's at, man. Um, that's the kind of that's the kind of player that you know this team should be going after. To be honest, I don't know that he was gonna. Uh, I mean, I guess he could have given you twenty stolen bases. You're not going to get any power. Which is tough. Uh, you know, the Padres are looking for maybe a little pop in a corner outfield spot. He could have played center, obviously, if they needed him to. With our budget and what's left on the market, we're kind of running out of options. Yeah, you get a little picky about. Oh, I want power and left-handed. Maybe just let's just get a body get first. Get a couple bodies out there maybe... and see what happens. But I liked his thinking. I did even too. Even though you he know their already... team has already jumped in. Let's go to Carlos next up with Ben and Woods. Good morning, Carlos. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, two things. Uh, one, I'd like to see Tommy Stanton back. Yeah. I know you guys were talking about that yesterday. Um, I know Tommy, well, one thing I'm not sure if you guys knew, but there's a video where Tommy Pham was uh, defending the, the slap to uh, Jock Peterson. Oh, yeah. Saying that uh, the reason he did it was defending his teammates were who were the Padres. Yeah, 100%. We, we talked about it when it happened, and, you know, 
It was it a little bit unhinged? Yeah, it's a little bit unhinged, but this team maybe needs a little bit of uh, unhinged behavior out there. He's certainly not going to back down from anybody. We know that, uh, and he's had yeah. a, he's had a nice little resurgence, um, you know, since he left. And then I was thinking about I'm not sure if you guys talked about, but Trevor Bauer. I think that guy needs a, another chance. So here's the thing with Bauer. I know he did. <coughs> excuse me. I know he did an interview recently, and I watched some of his interview. He was on WFAN in New York, I believe, and. Uh, it's such a delicate it's such a delicate situation with him. He brings with him a circus. No matter if you believe him, if you don't believe him, Trevor Bauer brings before a circus. Before any of that before stuff happened. Before any of it happened, it was a circus. It was a circus. So the thing, man, that that kind of snuffed that out for me was he's like, yeah, you know, there were four pending there were four cases and there's still one pending. There's still another victim potential alleged victim out there with a pending case against Trevor Bauer. I don't know that you want that kind of attention um, or that kind of personality in your already fairly delicate clubhouse. Here's how I view it. From what I've heard, it's not something the Padres are going to do. There's no way we're going to talk them into it as fans. So there's really not much of a discussion to be had. Uh, Will... Will he ever get a chance with another team? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't there doesn't seem to be much of an appetite around Major League Baseball right now for a Trevor Bauer return. Uh, I am always in favor of trying to help people be better versions of themselves, and he's taught he's talking the game about some a little bit, yeah. And then that's a start. Now, if you live the game for a while, like show me, show me like two or three years where you are really like. Walking the straight and narrow, and there's no controversy surrounding you, and uh, you've done and said the things you said you were going to do, you're going to do. Yeah, I I consider at that point, you know, giving Trevor Bauer another chance. But right now, I feel like you'd be taking a really big chance, one that could actually do more harm to your organization and your culture than well, would help I, you on the field. And I think again, when you look around, the he uh, also didn't, didn't he didn't pitch that well last year in Japan. He was okay. Was okay. Okay. But I, I, when you look around baseball and you see teams that are so desperate for uh, starting pitching, and the fact that his name is rarely mentioned with any of those teams, again, there was a reason MLB handed down the suspension that they did. It's the longest suspension in history, I believe. And you know, there's things that we know, there's things that we don't know, there's things that we speculate on. But when he, from his own mouth, said, "Yeah, and I've got another pending case out there," done. That's it. Yeah. You can't have it. I, man. Th- that's the other part of it is. People think, I don't know why, they, they think that Major League Baseball, the NFL, they're out to get their players and suspend them for as long as possible. I promise you, if MLB investigated and truly found nothing, they would love nothing more than to say, hey, we looked into this guy and, yeah, and there was nothing wrong. I mean, we everything that we looked at, nothing was true, and so we are happy to clear him and bring him back joyfully to Major League Baseball and enjoy his talents again, you don't just suspend someone without evidence and cause. Yeah. That doesn't do you any good in your sport. Yeah, it's a bad look for your sport. Yeah, exactly. Right? And and But, I mean, remember the Clevenger situation uh, that happened as well? And I, I, It was gnarly, too. It was really they, gnarly. You know what? They investigated, and they didn't they suspend didn't him. They didn't suspend him. They didn't, they didn't find or couldn't corroborate or whatever uh, what it was. He He's out there. I mean, look, if I had to take my choice between the two, I'd Clef. go Clev over yeah. Bauer, but I don't think either of them would be a, a 
you know, good fit here as it stands right now. Uh, Tommy Pham, of course, you say, you know, that intensity, you know, he's got that edge to him, had the whole fantasy football, you know, controversy with his team. Well, he doesn't like Jock Peterson, and, and I like that. <laughs> Is... <laughs> Now, would you let would you let Tommy Pham into your squares pool that you're now doing on our chat? I just give him my money squares. now. I would just give him my See, money. See, Tommy Pham would come in and he would smack you for what you just said what? during the break. You were asking me, you were asking me what numbers should I pick for I my know. Super Bowl? What's the squares? best ones. I, you're you have you, you have don't, a mind like that. You don't get to pick your own numbers it's in Super Bowl squares. squares. The whole point of Super Bowl squares is it's <laughs> randomly assigned. If you're does anyone not realize this? If you're doing a Super Bowl squares thing, don't put the numbers in. You put the names in the boxes first, and then once the names are all you. in, you randomly draw the numbers. Because if you're doing Super Bowl squares, let's say it's $5 a square, and you look at the board, and all that's left is 2-5 or You're not getting those. You're two, not buying eight. those. You're going like, I, I'm not buying that. I've, no, I've almost no – unless there's a safety somewhere, I can't win the first quarter. I mean, it had to be like 42-35 for me to even have a chance at winning. Yeah, everyone wants 7-7 seven, seven and 7-0 seven, and 3-7 and 1-4. Oh, yeah, I can do that, 21-14. No one fives and eights in their Super Bowl squares. Well, so I can't, I just... You can't put the numbers in first. <laughs> Tommy Pham would go, I'm not doing this pool. Uh, he's, this pool is not being run correctly. Yeah, he would smack. I'm not running. All I did was sign up for the worst. <laughs> whoever set this up, I think it was the Guzinator. He set up a, a thing. It's the worst website. I'm a very good fighter. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't do Muay Thai, Kung Fu, and box for no reason. That's exactly right. I don't know how this website works. And it had everyone. It looked like you were picking your squares, which I was like, "Well, I'm good. I'm in early." <laughs> Don't, you don't get to pick to your squares. All right, good. Well, I got, I got to sign some, and now, now I can't see them. So I don't know what the Okay, that's good. Do. Well, uh, someone says, no, they're numbered 1 to 100 just where you put them in, but that's not your number got it, got it, that got you it. get for the end of the quarter or the half or the final score. <laughs> that's just a, the random number of the score. The numbers get added later. I mean, I do. That's little kid gambling. I do yes. real gambling. I want seven zero as my numbers. Of course you do. They've got a much better chance <laughs> at winning when you have good numbers. Okay, let's go to uh, Jamie is next up uh, on Ben and Woods. Good morning. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good morning. How are you? Um, good, good. Uh, as, as the days go on, getting more and more frustrated. I've been, I've been trying to be patient with what we're not doing. I mean, it's February 1. We have no left fielder. We have no center fielder. We don't have a full pitching staff. And then we talk about, like, we're trying to save money while – my tickets have gone for half a season from thirty five hundred bucks to eight thousand bucks. So I I just don't I don't understand it. Like how do we they had over three was it three point three million people in the stands and you're telling us we don't have money to spend to try to get a winning team here? Yeah, I mean, and again, it's, you're, I, you're, I don't get it. And it's, fe- it's February. We don't have a left fielder or center. We're talking about Tommy Pham. We wanted <laughs> that guy out of here. We want to bring him back now. So, so, he, so, so he wants to beat up Awesome Kim again because you ran into him in the outfield. Like, come on, they're buddies now. Uh, uh, so, and 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 Jamie, I you can feel however you want, and he's right. You, you he know. is right. Is it fair? Can we all acknowledge that last season with the payroll they had? From everything I've heard, the Padres lost a good deal of money, even with did they every yes, even with every ticket sold because they didn't make the playoffs. That right? was part of it, but yeah, they lost a, a good chunk of money last season. Ben, but here's the thing: not one fan on the planet 
should give a rat's ass what their favorite team made or lost. That's not on the fan because no. you you the fans filled the ballpark. The fans bought job. the merch. They buy they're buying the bricks. They're doing everything they're supposed to do. Listen. It, you cannot. I, and I'm, no, I'm not but saying I, I'm you just are. saying you can't continue to just keep increasing payroll right. as you're losing more and more money every year. Correct. Like some teams do it, and you know what's the luxury tax that Cohen's paying in New York? 140 million dollars. I mean, that's it's insane or whatever it is. Um, the fans have done their part. They have absolutely done their part at Petco Park. Um, they're rabid for this team. They buy the merch. They buy the beers, the hot dogs, the whole thing, man. I, I see his point, and as somebody that spends, you know, that, hey, I was spending 3500 now I'm spending eight, and we don't have a roster. Yeah, I get why panic is setting in. I get it. I, I think it's fair, but I also think, hey, man, it's not done yet. That's the only bit of solace I have is I still think there are, well, there have, there are moves that have to be made. They have to. They don't have a choice. It's not going to be Cal Mitchell and Sugar and... Uh, and and Tukapita Marcano out there with Fernando Tatis Jr. It's just not. And I think I, I hate to say the wait and see approach, but that's really the only thing you can do. So right now in their actual 2024 payroll, according to Spot Track, and the luxury tax number is much higher, but the actual payroll outlay this year, Padres are right about league average. 158 million is the league average. They are. Well, actually, they're spending almost exactly the same right now as the Giants, the Diamondbacks, and they're spending a little bit more than the Rockies. But those teams are all four in order. Yeah. So they're spending, other than other than the Dodgers, who are now spending pretty much more than anyone, sure. they are spending the same as their other division rivals. Not more, not less yep. at this point. And I think, you know, obviously the other thing, too, that now you Now, the Padres have... are in a smaller media market than San Francisco, Denver, or... Phoenix. Phoenix are all much larger media markets with bigger TV deals right now. Well, just say TV deals. Or TV. Just TV deals. Will. Arizona Any also TV is actually in, are I they think in, kind of in the, same in the same boat boat as the Padres, but they're in a bigger market. Yeah, they, they have to figure out the TV, obviously. And, and so, you know, I know it's, I know that's got to sting, man. I, I, you know, I was season ticket holder before too. It's, it stings when they, when they, Take that money out of your account, and the team's not playing well, and seemingly guys don't care. Sometimes it's it feels a lot more personal. It does it, when you're when you're a season ticket holder. So I totally get his his frustration. And the only thing I said, like, we have to see what this roster looks like on February 26th or whatever, whenever it is. Uh, um, that that's the only thing that that gives you a little bit of solace is they're not done yet. They they don't have a choice. They have to be active. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, because they got to get this thing filled out, and I think they still have room to be active. And, I think so too, and, and add to that th- payroll before the start of the season. Yeah, man, and I also think you know you're going to have to. They're going to have to be creative, and I bet you anything they're they're working hard on being creative right now and try to pluck some outfielder from another team. If they do add a little bit to you know stay under the luck, even if they stay under the luxury tax, but add another. 20 million. They'll be spending about the same as the Red Sox and the Cardinals, which seems like a good spot for the Padres to be payroll. Until you hear that the Red Sox are not spending any money at all this year. They're still spending top 10. Right. All right. That's uh, Rondo Report. And oh, big announcement coming up after the break. Oh, yeah. I love the colorful clothes you wear and the way the sunlight plays upon her head. I hear the sound of a gentle word 
On the way back, little perfume through the air. You saw the saddest tweet maybe I've ever seen the other day. Did you see the tweet from Brian Wilson? Oh, no. The great Brian Wilson this. lost his wife, Melinda. Been married for 40 some odd years. She helped get him back to, um, you know, living again and making music again. And he, I mean, his tweet, Ben, ripped my soul out. Uh, just, my, this, she was my everything, my light. I'm, we're broken. The kids and I are crying. I'm like, oh my God. So, warmest uh, uh, thoughts out to one of the, one of the, Best musical geniuses that's ever touched the earth is Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. But shout out to his family. No, not really. He's not. He's not dead. She did. Her family. Yeah, that's his family. I guess shout out to his family family too. Yeah, Yeah, it plays. Shout out to his family. Thank you, Paul. All right, uh, final hour. Don't forget, you're listening for our sounder to win. The Aztecs tickets against Utah State. If you don't know what it is, you'll know it when you hear it. How That's true. That, that yeah. is, even if you weren't listening earlier in the show, you should have should be fairly obvious what you hear, when to call eight three three two eight eight zero ninety seven three. Aztecs playing Utah State Saturday at Viejas Arena. Chance to get right back into the conference race after New Mexico lost at home to Boise. It's now Utah State Boise at the top, followed by San Diego State, New Mexico. Colorado State, Nevada, a bunch of teams uh, right back there in the Mountain West. So we'll have those tickets to give away. Paulie's going to have some headlines. It's going to be coming a commercial up. break, those tickets. Like right before a break? During a break? Oh, it could be during break. the break. Oh, that is tough. Make that it is work tough. For him. You got to listen the whole time through. You're vamping right now, are you? I'm vamping a little bit. Because I can't say anything yet. But I'll say something as soon as I am allowed to say something. <laughs> But I can't say anything yet, so I'm just kind of vamping a little bit at the moment, which is not my favorite hey, thing you, to do. There is... you, you like to let me twist in I the do, wind I as do. I'm I like vamping. Watching you vamp. But is... then I'll start talking about things that you have no interest in me talking Correct. about. And then I'll like cut you the off. The first round of the AT&T Pebble <laughs> Beach National Pro-Am starting today. Uh, you know, oh, some pretty... God. Oh, I saw the coolest video. So, you know, they're playing at Pebble Beach this week. Here he goes. And like here, the we- do it. The weather is the weather is nasty. The wind is like blowing. So you know fa- the famous hole at Pebble Beach, the par three, one hundred yards downhill. It's like one of the shortest holes in professional golf. If it's a calm day, these guys are hitting like half sand wedges. <laughs> yes. So Tony Finau is playing a practice round, and the wind is just gusting so hard. He pulls out his driver. He hits that thing about 350. He has the swing speed, so he hit 170-something mile-an-hour swing speed. You know, hits a big fade right into the wind. The thing ends up right on the back fringe. 100 yards, driver. That is uh, that is incredible that you could even actually hit a ball like that and win like that. But they could be facing some nasty weather uh, if the uh, this this week at the Pebble Beach Pro. And if they can even get it in uh, with one of the uh, it's the second elevated tournament of the year for the PGA Tour. Ben's not teasing you guys right now. We literally can't say anything until we can. Sorry. He's not we trying to string you along. Until we can. And then right. once we can, we can say it. Uh, but we can't yet, so I can continue to vamp. Uh, had a big announcement yesterday about the New Zealand All Blacks coming to San Diego this July. In fact, it's on your birthday, right? July nineteenth. July nineteenth. They're going to be playing on your birthday against Fiji, two of the top rugby teams in the world. Now you know why the well, one of the reasons why the All Blacks are so famous, 
is they're the team that performs the traditional Maori haka dance. The haka dance. Prior to every single match. It's part of their cultural tradition and part of the tradition of their, uh, their national team that they, it's a very, if you haven't seen it, I think most people have, but it's a very coordinated dance routine involving, you know, steps and maneuvers. And, you know, they have to practice that, I would imagine, quite a bit to get it down to make sure it looks good before every single match. And it's just part of the culture of their club. Would you want to ever see like a like a protein, like if the Padres had like a dance routine they did before every game? Don't would we that do that be, already? I mean, would that not, be not, good? <laughs> would that be a good thing? An entertain, an added bonus to your entertainment? I like entertainment. I also like wins. I just, you know, give me the wins. Now, they get a lot of wins, too. They're... One of the top yeah, rugby teams forever. in the world. I think they're ranked third in the world right now. The added time that they use you know, scripting their, you know, working on their dance doesn't seem to hurt them. I was thinking about that uh, going to that game. It is on my birthday. What day of the week Friday. is it on? It's on a Friday. Friday, right. 7.30, yeah. Snapdragon Stadium. be pretty solid to see that. I mean, you're talking about seeing the, the, the best, highest, level, the highest of level of the best of uh, the There's best. a lot of rugby fans in San Diego. There we go. Did you get it? I oh, got it. I have not gotten it yet. It's so. on the, the Twitter. Kick off the 20th anniversary of Petco Park with the San Diego Padres at FanFest. It is happening. Learn more about our opening week events and how to secure tickets below. Um, so you clicked on the link here, Benny. FanFest will be Sunday, March 24th from 1230 to 530 p.m. Uh, learn more about the day's events and how to secure free tickets required for admission. That's the, the thing that they do. All right, so you got to get your tickets. Let's go piece by piece here. Sunday, the 20, what was it? 24th. 24th. Write it down All on right, your So this will be after they go to Korea. They'll have already played two games. Yeah. They will come back, two and, and they will have their fan fest on that Sunday, March 24th from 1230 to 530 at Petco Park. Correct. And it will be, there'll be player photo and autographs, yeah. celebrity softball game, brand new Gallagher Square opening. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, here's the names, guys that you may know and love. Um, scheduled appearances by Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., Xander Bogarts, Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish, Mike Schilt, and more. Padres members receive early entry at noon. Uh, it's going to have the opportunity to see the Gallagher Square, take photos, receive autographs, watch the uh, the inaugural Celebrity Alumni Softball Game. Uh, alumni Trevor Hoffman and Tony Gwynn Jr. against each other as opposing managers. That's fun. Uh, featuring notable Padres fans who are NFL, Olympic, NWSL, WNBA, UFC, collegiate, and entertainment legends. Hacksaw will be there. Yeah. I, um, I just wanted to announce that I've given it great thought uh, the celebrity alumni game, and I have decided that I am not going to be participating this year, mostly because I was not invited. So, but yep. I just wanted to let everybody know that. Well, it I'm says not. legends. Now, I've been told that you're a legend on this show, but me and Paulie are not because we weren't born here. Entertainment so. legend, right? Entertainment. Yeah. Well, legend. I mean, you know, one one of us might qualify. So they didn't ask. I have not been asked. Right. So I'm not going to play. I don't think you'll play. Um, so that's one of the new things. Uh, some of the things that you're used to the garage sale. Uh, for the Padres Foundation will be back as well. The autograph sessions you mentioned. One new thing that I am excited about. So because this is so close to the season and they've already played some games, they're going to try to be staying fresh. So there's actually going to be a workout on the field at 3.30 where the players will be, you know, practicing, taking, taking ground balls, BP, I think, um, you know, fly balls, things like that. But during that workout, while the players are on the field, apparently mud is going to be going around and talking to the players and doing like 
Q&A and interviews during the workout right. that is happening on the field at FanFest. Because they are, this like other FanFests have happened before they even went to spring training. This is actually like they're in, they're in the season at this point. They've already played two games. They got the opener coming up in four days after this. So they'll be more in like game ready mode uh, to be ready out there and, and preparing for their next game of the season. Well, and this is really cool. During the workouts, again, 2 to 3.30 p.m. on that Sunday at FanFest, they're doing the Golden Ball promotion. So they're going to have batting practice, and all the Padres will be hitting and launching balls into the stands. And if you get a ball that has like golden gold stitching on it, you take that baseball to the team store and you can redeem it for a – Padres replica jersey of your choice, it says. Oh, nice. I love that. I love that, too. So there'll be a few scrambles for home runs and long foul balls. Now, usually they have the batting practice. They've got the net up. So probably not going to be a lot of foul balls. <laughs> it's going to be the ones that are out. Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, generally I wouldn't sit outfield. behind home plate. For yeah, those. I wouldn't sit behind home plate. It's batting practice. Sit out in the outfield, deep down the lines. There'll be good places to try to get those golden balls that you're going to exchange for uh, replica jerseys, which will be a fun element of FanFest this year. Save him saying golden balls. Also, (laughs) uh, I think we are going to uh, be broadcasting live from there is what I was told. The the wheels are in in motion for that. that. Last year was was incredible. Dude, it so was much fun. insane. So, uh, yeah, you'd be able to come out and see your, your favorite fan hosts. One thing that I did not see mentioned is the Padres have previously announced that they were going to hold a celebration of life for Peter Seidler that same weekend at Petco Park, the weekend of March 22nd, 23rd, 24th. Maybe all the details haven't been I, I doubt that's yet. something that they would do at FanFest. So I don't think so. My I guess don't. would be then it'll probably be one of the previous days after they get back, but before FanFest, maybe on that Saturday. We have not received any details, but I know people have been curious about that. That was not included in this announcement, but I do believe they're still working on the details for that celebration of life for Peter Seidler. But FanFest will be well, I can... Sunday, March 24th. And then we also have, we got more coming out that week, uh, Monday the 25th at 6.40 p.m., playing the Mariners in the exhibition game. And then they also play Tuesday the day game at 1.10. And in honor of the 20th anniversary of Petco Park, it says tickets for each game will be $20 for adults, $10 for kids, 14 and under. And those go on sale Tuesday, February 13th. Season ticket members get pre-sale access before that. But 20 bucks if you want to go watch um, Monday or Tuesday against the Mariners. So we got FanFest. We'll be broadcasting there on Sunday. Exhibition games at Petco Park Monday and Tuesday. And then... Opening day on Thursday, baby. It's Opening on. day on Thursday. We'll be broadcasting it's live be a somewhere fun downtown. Week. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun week. And I, as far as the Peter Seidler thing goes, don't worry. I'm not worried. Not you. Okay. Don't. They haven't forgotten. They're <laughs> not going to forget. <laughs> They're not. They, it will be uh, spectacular and it will be poignant and it will be beautiful. It will happen. That's one thing I can tell you. Rest assured, Padres fans, if you want to uh, pay your respects to Peter Seidler, you are going to get that opportunity to do so. And uh, as for those two games, I think that's a great idea, uh, doing the affordable tickets. Obviously, they're they're exhibition games, and because the Padres will have just played a couple of games and have another game, my guess would be that the starters will get no more than like a, a an at bat or two uh, over one of those two days because yeah. they're not going to want to 
they're not going to. They'll just be back from Korea, and they're going to want to be careful with those guys. So it'll probably be a chance to see Yancey some of the Darvish or Musgrove. yeah. You'll, you'll you'll get to see some of the younger guys, and and maybe they'll bring up some of the prospects. Maybe even like an Ethan Salas will get a chance to play uh, in one of those games at Petco Park because I would imagine it'll be more of a showcase for the minor league guys who will be getting ready for their season, which won't have started yet. Uh, the major league guys, though, two games in, you know, will will probably not have a lot of opportunities in those games. You don't want them to get hurt yeah. either at that close to, to the see, season. Uh, the new Gallagher Square. The renderings look incredible. Yeah. I've seen some videos from uh moving the statue, moving the Tony, Tony statue over was just to the, moved this week. It's like elevated now, looking at Trevor Hoffman's statue, which I think is cool. I guess they got a new video board at the Saquon stage. They'll do the Q and A that they did last year. And uh I, I'm I'm excited, man. Here's what I want to know. So we remember FanFest last year. Was nuts. It's chaos. It chaos. was crazy with the anticipation of that season, with the hype, with P- PSA, the signings. PSA already for this year's Fan Fest. Don't go expecting to get every player's autograph and every player, a photo with every player. You might get one if you're lucky. If I, it's anything like last year, the lines were several hours long. Did you Jesse Yagler in uh, autograph? Because yeah. I saw he was signing autographs last I, year. I think it, it clearly will be fun, and the Padres seem like they're they're putting together a really good plan for this. But I've got to imagine the atmosphere is going to be somewhat dependent. If the Padres go to Korea, and they win both games against the Dodgers, or even if they split. It doesn't matter. Uh, if they get if they matter. get bodied in both games, it's it going to I, I think it I, I think, think it might matter, matter a little bit. I don't think it if they get bodied in, the in both, if they get bodied in both games by the Dodgers. Remember that season it's when they, the, they didn't the, score in the first series against the Dodgers? I think the transactions that AJ Preller makes between now well, and no, those make Korea games, that's going to like have more of an impact. But if, even on if he fans. does nothing, if they win those two games, everybody's back all in, which everybody, makes no sense. Everybody that's everybody it's that's going to go to Fan Fest is going to go. Everybody that was going to skip Fan Fest <laughs> is going to skip still. If they go and body the Dodgers for two games, it's going to make a difference. Nobody's going to say, well, yeah, I'm going to go out and see the boys. Yeah. Oh, they home. might. They I think both. there might be a few people who will be like, what? Oh, really? They beat- so, okay, let me. I'm going to head out there. By no that logic, <laughs> then, it's like you have to win every single game to be all in on the I'm team. I'm not saying. You know sports fans aren't logical. No. There's no logic that goes into this. Of course, it doesn't matter how they do in the first two games. We'll have very little impact on what they do over 162 games. I'm just saying, sports fans aren't that logical. I bet they're hoping that they come back with a win or two. I mean, obviously yeah. they're hoping they do. But it might affect the mood just a little bit at FanFest on the day, two two days after they get back from Korea. I, I can't wait for FanFest. Oh, of course. such a I, great time last it's year. It's going to be fun. I like that it's, uh, obviously, it's a little bit different for the Padres and the Dodgers in particular with the Korea series. I love having it closer to the season. Me though. too. It was fun last year. I had a great time. What was I the lag? It was like the end of January or the very yeah. beginning of February. It was, it was Yeah, weekend. it was like a week or two before spring training yeah. even Which started. I get it. It's kind of like a little send-off for the players before they go out to spring training. But, man, I think it's much better... Personally, I, I enjoy it more having it right up against opening day. Yeah. Within a week, you get excited at FanFest, and then before you know it, 
uh, Wednesday night rolls around and you're getting ready to plan your opening day on Thursday. Cannot wait, man. Cannot wait. So that's here. It's it's right around the corner. So good to have that. There were a lot of people that thought the Padres were going to boot or punt Fan Fest this year. It's not happening. Uh, it, it it will happen at Petco Park. And again, the date is February 24th. Make sure you go get your tickets. Uh, they're free tickets, but you got to sign up and get your tickets. Uh, I think four per person. So, yep, go uh, go get that done today. Padres.com. All right, uh, this hour of Ben and Woods is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. We still have a Rindel report coming up. Still going to give away those Aztecs tickets. Be listening carefully. Do not go away. It's Ben and Woods back after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. this song by stone temple pilots it's not new no it's old fairly old it's great picture of a photograph is a very social media thing nowadays yeah i got a picture of a photo yeah you're gonna post this picture of a photograph on my instagram feed are you vamping again i'm not vamping anymore now i'm just actually riffing riffing and observing (laughs) like a great jazz musician (laughs) that you are (laughs) i hear something i react to it that's what i do Just like, uh, just like our winner in the break heard my my vocal stylings, my stomach stylings, and called in and won the Aztecs tickets. Who was our winner? Uh, Luis. Luis, congratulations! Going You're going game. to Saturday's oh, it's huge Aztecs Utah State game. Uh, tickets are on sale at GoAztecs.com. Make sure you sell that out. Make it hostile for the Aggies as the Aztecs try to climb back up within a game of first place in the Mountain West, get back on track. But congratulations, Luis. He wins it. Everybody else, sorry. I think um, listen to Annie and Elston and, Elston, Elston, and, Gwen, and Gwen and Chris will have tickets to give away as well. No, later man. In the- <laughs> I'm pretty f- far from okay. <laughs> the guy screaming in agony after he's been... Shot in the belly. Step or, aside, uh, I don't think it the, was the, a little below the belly. I don't but. think it was the belly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> south of the equator, a south there. of the belly. Yes, somewhere around there. I think that would hurt. It's a great, great actor. That's a great. You hear me sound. talking, hillbilly boy? <laughs> <laughs> I want to play that drop for Foster every time he calls in. <laughs> you hear me talking, hillbilly boy? <laughs> Oh, He's this thing. Rames is so good. I, I think we've talked about it before. When I was watching that movie, I was like, "This movie's badass." I mean, it's got everything I'm looking for. And then that scene happened, and it was like you took the wheel. I was going 95 miles an hour, and you just reached over, grabbed the wheel, and yanked me off the road. <laughs> and I just was staring at the screen, going, "Why is he in a box? How does that? Does he live there? Does he? They just keep him there? Do they know? Do they do this every day? Do they have people in and bring him downstairs?" Why is that guy in a box? How did he get there? What happened to him in his life that made him be in an all-leather suit and live in a box? And they bring him out when they want to abuse somebody. I ain't through with you by damn sight. I'm going to get medieval on your ass. 
How did the, who thinks of the gimp? Like who in their <laughs> mind was like, here's what I'll do. Quincy Two Tarantino. guys. One guy works at a pawn shop. The other guy just hangs out there all all day. Down in the basement though, they've got a guy. Zed. Zed. No, Zed. Yeah, Zed. Yeah. yeah. They have a guy down Zed's in the dead, box. Baby. They have a guy down in the box. The gimp. The gimp. And he just lives down there. Yeah. I make sure they take care of him and feed him. And Little sandwiches stuff. and stuff in <laughs> there. I think. Little Debbies. You know, some like playtime, you know, during the day. Oh, my God. Some sort. How do you even think? What kind of depraved? I have a pretty depraved mind. That would never even enter my, <laughs> my atmosphere. I got to read up on that. That's a good rabbit hole right there. Like, how'd you think of that, you absolute creep? You hear me talking, hillbilly boy? <laughs> Gets me every time. I had to talk to our hillbilly friend yesterday. Yeah, you did. Oh, oh Polly's in the chamber, by the way, Benny. Did you hear this? No. <sighs> car troubles, man. He had to call. Uh, he had to call our buddy Foster, who was in the car business for many, many, many years, and very, very uh, adept at dealing with used car, car salesman. No, he like oh. ran a dealership. Oh, okay, just checking. My oh, check engine light came God. on the other day, so I made. An but yeah, it's also that too. He <laughs> feels like he could sell me a used car. Oh, he I could. Mean, I've oh, met Foster. Yeah. That's why I <laughs> thought of it. It's a skill. It's a mouth. skill set. My check engine light came on, and I wasn't super worried about it because the car was driving totally fine. I thought, I don't know, maybe it's telling me I know I'm a little overdue for an oil change. I don't know if Go to SoCalOilChange.com. That's SoCalOilChange.com at Valvoline Instant Oil Change. You you don't even have to get out of your car. You sit right in your car. Anyways, the uh, fine mechanics gave me a call yesterday afternoon. Let me know that uh, they had done their inspection and it was probably the, the estimate was probably more than the car is worth, which is unbelievable. Failing catalytic converter. So what does that mean? <laughs> Made up. <laughs> you can't just make up car parts. You're now. not going to pass your smog test now if your catalytic converter is not working. Well, I don't know that I'm going to. It's going to matter. I don't think this car is going to make it till its next it's, smog uh, test. The, now. Can we say the number that they gave you? Uh, yeah, yeah, twenty five hundred. It's the only number they know. It's the only number I get every time I go. Is that I the only number you guys yeah. know? Twenty five hundred. That ain't All right, happening. Here this you go, car, dude. <laughs> Turds. It's the only, it's the only number. Twenty five hundred, man. Oh, all right. It's an oil good. change. Put it on my debit card. I added windshield wipers. Twenty five hundred. Can I get an air freshener too? Yeah, no, twenty five hundred. It's the only number they got. So, dude. I swear to God, I was just in the blender yesterday. Yeah, it almost makes you want to mad cry. I mean, the, this car is paid off next month. <laughs> I drove this thing off the lot God. in 2018 or whatever it was, and it is paid off, almost paid off. And of course, this happens. Uh, I don't know. Somebody like was like, "Oh, it could be under warranty still. Usually, it's a hundred thousand yeah, miles." No, but come on. Now. Catalytic. Uh, my buddy that works at a dealership said some catalytic converters, like oh yeah, that it could be like longer it could be one twenty, yeah. and if it was one twenty, I'd, I'd be safe. But uh, regardless, I'm like I'm taking that twenty five hundred. That's gonna have to be a down payment on a new car. On a new whip. What's the highest mileage you've ever gotten Ooh, out of one question. of your cars? <sighs> Not much, I, I've dude. gotten to like hundred and seventy five thousand. Wow. I think I got car. to like one forty, and I like I think I panicked. And I think was my like, mom's right. car that she had when I was a kid, and we got it to like one sixty. I've been told you get over like one hundred and twenty, you pretty much have to put a lot of money into redoing yeah. everything. And if you do, you can make it last another you know, hundred thousand or so. But you have to put a lot of money into it at that point. I told you guys, it's timing, right? I told you what happened to me. I leased a car for the first time in my entire life. I've never leased a car. I've always bought a car. Leased a car. The day I went into Mission Fed 
to like, what was I doing? Oh, it's when I bought them, I bought out of my lease to go into Mission Fed and make my very first payment. The day of, I paid my first payment there and set up the auto pay. That day, I got in my car, I started my car, the check engine light came on. It was like somebody at Mission Fed hit a button. All right. How did it know, though? He's in the parking lot. If you had turned it back in, I'm sure it would have been fine. Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) If you had said, no, I'm good, we're done with the lease. He's uh, he's unlucky. Okay, he's in. All right, hit it. Boom. (laughs) I was like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, no, he turned it back in. It's our car now? Fine. Turn it off. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, (laughs) $2,500. It's the check engine light. I'm telling you. Oh, my God, this person said my Lexus RX had 320,000. Wow. That's crazy. Holy smokes, dude. I'm sorry, Paulie. The car stuff. This has three cars over two hundred thousand. Well, dude, miles. and when I, I'm talking to the mechanic, and I've already seen some people in the chat saying that's way too much. One of my buddies, he works for Range Rover. He's a mechanic, and he goes, first of all, don't pay. If yeah, you're going to get that fixed, don't pay that much. Go somewhere else. You could probably get it done. But I go, what happened here? Because this car is like still getting paid off. It, I drove it off the lot. Quite frankly, I didn't drive it a whole lot for a couple of years during yeah, the pandemic. pandemic yeah. And I just wasn't driving. I mean, I think 113,000 miles over the course of five or six years isn't terrible. I go, what? how did this happen? And he goes, I know it's not a great answer, but uh, bad luck sometimes is just the answer. I'm like, oh, okay. Some people have good luck. Matthew says his 99 Forerunner has 390,000 miles on it and runs like a top. 390,000. I am so... What's the best car for somebody that drives like I do? Fast, hard... Heavy on the brakes, heavy on the gas. I'm just hard on. I'm rough on cars. I always have been. Somebody said a BMW, but I'm like, I don't drive a BMW. They're made for that kind of. But I need something that, like, you know, that I can I can wear out because I I, I just wear cars out. I've always uh, I had Hondas that lasted a long time, but I don't know if they have the performance you're looking for. I don't, don't need to drive perform- fast. I don't. I mean, I drive fast. fast. But they, don't do they, go, they don't go that fast. Do they go a hundred? Then that's all. I, that's as I mean, fast maybe, as I go. Maybe if you put your foot all the way down <laughs> to the bottom. <laughs> I never tried, but I don't know. Oh, dude. I miss. You know what? I miss. Uh, we got to take a break. But remember when they had the the analog odometers and it would actually like spin and oh, yeah. slowly, <laughs> like when you get to a hundred thousand, it's nine 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 and. He slowly turns to 100,000. It felt like a momentous occasion when that happened. Remember when Ferris Bueller tried to take them off <laughs> Backwards. by putting them in reverse? I remember when I work. hit 69,000 miles in my car. It was at 68,500 or something. I'm like, I can't just remember. Take a picture. <laughs> take a picture of this. Freaking guess children. Who, guess who looked down and it was like 69,000. Damn it! Can't ever go back. All right, uh, Paulie, car trouble and all, still has a Rindle report for us in our final segment. It is coming up next with Ben Woods here on 97.3 The Fan. Don't go away. 2,500. We are Tom and Ray, the car guys on NPR, <laughs> taking your mileage questions here. You want to call in. Uh, they are actually a very popular show. I had no idea how much car talk moves the needle. Our chat has gone crazy. It went ham. It was like... Brrr. 
what everyone wants about their cars, how many miles that they have on their car. Wow. So jealous of all of you. Car talk is very popular. Also, oh, we got an answer to your question about the gimp in Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Got this uh, tweet from Brian who uh, pulled up an old Quentin Tarantino interview where he was talking about that character. And Quentin Tarantino said, it doesn't quite play this way in the movie, but in my mind when I wrote it, the gimp's dead. Butch knocked him out, and when he passed out, he hung himself. In terms of backstory, he was like a hitchhiker or somebody that he picked up seven years ago. They trained him so he's the perfect victim. That's from Quentin Tarantino? Yeah. I mean, he's definitely on their side. He's like trying to alert them that... God, that- yeah. That, that uh, he's getting he's, free. That Butch is getting out. Right. Like, yeah, no, no, oh no, this is going to be bad. But he's got the thing. He's over not his trying head. to escape. He doesn't. No. Well, you know, he's like, hey, help me escape. I'll help you escape. They're definitely. He's definitely on he's the on their captor's side, side right. in the movie. Correct. Yeah, it's just weird to me yeah. that there's a. Well, it shouldn't be weird. I mean, like, he's like a submissive. You've seen that, right? The in like what like S and M that you know in that subculture you have like a dominant and a submissive and there are people who like to be ordered around or bossed around when it comes to their you know play fantasies that's a real thing that's a psych i mean it's not even that's like a healthy sometimes psychological way you can separate it oftentimes like powerful people like ceos will enjoy oh my god like not having control for a while in their life I mean, I don't have any personal experience. No, with this, well, that's but, what I would. You sound because you're speaking as you, if you're the foremost authority yeah. on doms and submissives. He asked. I mean, you're, to answer your question, yes, I've. Heard I like of to it. be informed <laughs> on subjects, so you have. But you have heard of that. Yes, I've okay. heard of it. I'm 48 years old, I'm a grown man. <laughs> what do you think? I just didn't think that you knew so, so much about it. I just like to stay informed. And I was curious, actually, watching that movie, that character. Like, you know, learn a little more and more about the gimp. What's going on there? My question is, he's been in a box for seven years. That's the weird part to me. I mean, was he all, was he keeping him in the box the whole time? Maybe he just happened to be on nap time and he was in the box. Nap time. I like that he says powerful CEOs sometimes. <laughs> I've seen that. I read that. You, where? <laughs> Penthouse letters. Where'd you read it? Probably Wikipedia. What were you doing on Wikipedia? Look at S and M Bond. Yeah, I'm curious. I was probably curious about it. I like to learn about about things. Yeah, see, (laughs) don't get masked. He's got it with him. There it is. Put it on. Where are you doing this research? Oh, he just put it over the the camera with the whole. Now everybody in the chat is now the gimp, and you can look at me through the gimp mask as you're watching Ben and Woods. That is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> All right, are we in the trust tree, Ben? Yeah. Never tried any of it. Never tried any of it, no. Lie to me. <laughs> All right. Tra- question two. Would you? Sure, why not? That's yes. All right. Which role? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Haven't really put a lot of thought into that one. I think I go either way. All right. He's open. I'm a people pleaser. Yeah, you are. Experimental. <laughs> the watching this through the mask, the hole in the mask is my favorite thing of all time. <laughs> I'm looking at him right now. You have the POV of the gimp right now. If it had eye holes. Right. 
Maybe she doesn't. This is actually the mouth hole. <laughs> Adam is having a heart attack. I know. Let's right take now. a break for traffic, no, and then we'll get to the Rindle report. Pineapple, in our last pineapple. Week. Nobody said pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And get things started here with our edition, today's edition oh, of boy. the Rindle report. Now tune into the mouth greatest. Welcome to the Rindle Report with Paul Rindle. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Biot? It's the Rindle Report. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Okay, how are you? On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the mood? I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Can I get a yeah? Oh, yeah. All right. I will never, ever complain about a slow offseason again. <laughs> ever. I swear to God, I will never, ever complain about a... A.J. Preller, in fact, don't make any moves because I like where this is going That's and has fantastic. gone. fantastic. Uh, Ben's Spencer. alter ego, Ben Franco. <laughs> Spencer in the chat was like, Paul, please schedule more guests. No, and miss no. out on Spencer, content are like you out that? of your mind? Oh, my God. What is happening? That is so good. <laughs> so we said, yeah, miss, imagine you missed the whole show and you just popped, popped in, in for that. All right. We could be previewing USD's game at San Francisco tonight we with could. Steve Lavin at the moment. Yep, but we we're not. Be. We're this not. Way better. Be Way better. All right, we're going to run a little short on time here. So I'm just going to do two stories. We'll start off a uh, note from Major League Baseball. We knew the first few Sunday night baseball assignments, but mm-hmm. we've got a little bit more. Saw this here. Major League Baseball games will happen this month. So we're celebrating by announcing another round of ESPN Sunday night baseball game selections. This comes from uh, Ben Cafardo. He does uh, communications work for ESPN May 5th. This is a Sunday night baseball matchup between the Giants and the Phillies. May 12th will be the Braves versus the Mets. And on May 19th, the Padres taking on the Atlanta Braves. And they already had some national games scheduled early in the season. In addition to the Korea games, they had a couple of, I think, Sunday games in April. So another Padres Sunday night game. They're going to be on TV still. Yeah. That means the that means the powers that be. Whether or not Padres fans agree, the powers that be still think the Padres will be an interesting, competitive, exciting team. Wouldn't that be in twenty twenty four for the Braves and the Dodgers? Well, yeah, but you could have you can have them play each other, and you don't yeah. have to include the Padres at, at all, all in some of these games. I feel so. like we're the afterthought in all of the Sunday night games. It's because of the teams. No, I mean there were years where the Padres were bad, and, and they never appeared. never. So yeah. there's, I think you have to be at least somewhat good to get into these games. Still, still some good storylines. Uh, Paul, if you don't have that second story, I'll just throw in the breaking news. Woods, you were right. Commanders hiring Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. As their new head coach. As filling, I speculated. Filling the last vacancy. So you got that good insight from Woodsy, who NFL speculated insider. earlier today. Now, yeah. Adam Schefter is Legendary confirming the Woodsy report Legendary. from this morning that he was hearing rumblings it's about wild. Dan Quinn. It's wild I don't get more credit for Being the, the new coach names. of the Washington Commanders. No read. one... No one on the West Coast really has dialed in with more Commanders news than you yeah, are. I mean, just NFL in general? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sports in general. Yeah. I bet I, Commanders I bet fans are very excited so, now today. I bet they're so bummed. They're like, oh, God, all right. Wait, the Chargers got a Harbaugh? Yeah, yeah. We're getting Dan, Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn. God, retread of retreads. <laughs> 
Man, God, it's got to be a tough life to be a commander. It really has. I mean, I Those do feel people. Finally, I we do. got rid of our owner. Things are looking up. Dan here's Quinn. Dan Quinn. <laughs> come in from a long, hot Even day. Even if we get to a Super Bowl, he's going to blow it. You, you come up. <laughs> you come in from a long, hot day, and your wife just hands you a glass of warm milk. That's what it feels like for a commander's fan. Yeah, all right. Okay, and then finally, my last story here. There is a guy, 37-year-old man named Sean Gee, and he wanted to climb Mount Everest, but he deemed that it was too expensive to make that trip and make that work for him. So he climbed the equivalent of Mount Everest (laughs) on his stairs at home. Adam Jones, are you listening out there? Oh, that guy. It took him (laughs) less than a day. Okay, hold on. Took him less than a day. Really? He did the equivalent of Mount Everest Mount on Everest. His, like his basement stairs, right? Just climbing up one. So it's a double flight here. Oh, there he goes. Up one, up the other, and then he goes back down. He, he doesn't subtract up, when he goes down. He just, just adds standard when he goes household up. staircase. Yeah. Right, basement so. to top floor or whatever. He was just doing that feet. over, over, and over, and over again. You can see his wife there in the background. I bet she's like, You're, what are you doing? You moron. Please stop. He was uh, trying to get Guinness World Records to name him the first person to ascend hmm. and descend the height of Mount Everest. How many times do you think he had hours? to go up and down? To get there, I'm trying to do math in my head. I see if no I can figure it out. Yeah. My guess, I'm guessing, about eighteen hundred times more than that. Polly, do you have the number? All it says here is that it was the equivalent of three thousand two hundred seventy-seven floors, <gasps> the equivalent of over thirty-two 30- Empire State Buildings. Yep. Holy God! And he did it all in twenty-two hours and fifty-seven minutes straight. Right? He yeah. just did it. He did. He raised. I mean, that's he raised four hundred dollars for suicide prevention. I feel like for that should have been like forty thousand dollars. <laughs> I would like to donate because that's not enough money for that very noble cause. He already holds the record for the longest time playing an arcade dance game. And this guy is he's a he's addicted to what's that uh, game called? Guinness uh, World Records. Dance. Folly dance. What's the dance Fever game or that you play? You know, the one where you have to do the steps. It's a DDR, Dance Dance Revolution. Dance yeah. Dance Revolution. That's what it's that. called. Oh, I was like, are you tricking me? No, I just, I didn't hear yeah. you say Dance the name Dance again. Revolution. That's what it's called. Okay. Yes. He, I mean. So he's doing it for the clicks and the, he likes, he likes, he likes the breaking attention records. here. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, you remember we talked about world records before. Remember the one I wanted to break when I was a kid? Oh, you did. What was it? Pogo stick. You've never seen a better pogo sticker than your old pal Woods when I was getting boing, 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 one foot, one foot, other foot, both feet off. I really enjoyed it, and I should have stuck with it. But if you put me on one now, I could still I could go up and down stairs. I was I like really good. bouncing a ball, a golf ball on the end of the club. I can't do it more I've gotten than twice. To, I've gotten to six before. I think I'm short of the world record. Yeah. I'm always amazed. Like, Tiger and Phil, they can stop and, and start it again, turn yeah. it around, behind their back, everything. How do they do that? It's so hard. I love the you world. Pick it up right off the ground. Like, that's no way to pick that up. Bo got for Christmas <laughs> one of those uh, Guinness Book of World. It's all updated now it's different it's it's longer and wider oh i had that book though than the one yeah. yeah but like i think we should i still think we could do the record for the two fat guys on the motorcycle <laughs> i still have always just been fascinated with those brothers that particular picture that particular just... picture lays me out <laughs> the fingernails 
Oh. Try the fingernails. I mean, we already set a world record for sports talk radio consecutive days without, without a guest, a guest yeah. at seven. Yeah. So, You're right. you know, that was just this last month. Yeah. What else can we do? Nobody could break that. I don't no, think it's breakable. I, I think, think that is breakable. one of the most. That's like Not Cy Young. Town. Not in this That's town. Joe no way. Even in New York, the guys in New York are like, you guys are crazy. You're out of, my, out of your minds. Yeah, there's no way. Uh, man, that's crazy. And I, Adam Jones had tweeted the other day about somebody invited him to go climb Everest. And I, it made me nervous for him. He's, I love Adam Jones. I love him. And we, he's got a family. And I'm like, bro, yeah. no. That's I was no, trying to warn him against that's it. That's no joke, dude. I was kind of joking. I said, I know a guy did it three times. And he only died the third time. Right. People do die. All the time. Climbing Mount Everest. I feel like it's 50% of the people die. It's not quite that much, <laughs> but it's, it's high enough to make you pause. I mean, Man. unless it's you're really on your bucket list. It's not something to... Take lightly. My wife climbed Mount Whitney and said she almost died. I mean, she's like, this was excruciating. Uh, speaking of guests, we do have guests coming up tomorrow, Polly. Uh, yes, we have a member of the San Diego Seals. Trevor Baptiste. Oh, right. That's the, the greatest face-off guy Ever. in indoor lacrosse history. Ever. And then can we tease next week's guest we got yet? we some Padres no? guests next week. Yeah. Absolutely. Look forward to that, Greg. <laughs> so, but we have one more show this week. It's tomorrow. We'll talk to you then at 6 a.m. For Polly, for Woods, I'm Ben. Annie and Elston coming up next. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. From all of us here at San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Get back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.